You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for Tauntauns and Twinks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey baby, what's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. But, but I was like, in my head, I'm like, I can totally Superboy Prime punch this so it makes sense, <laughs> you know? I have a headset, it looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. Grimlock, I told you to take care of things while I was gone. <laughs> we do a podcast? What the fuck? Otacon, I've infiltrated the big twink facility. I need the radar online ASAP. Otacon? Oh, sorry, Snake. I was just listening to a podcast podcast yeah it's called fan holes it's great otacon you can't be listening to a podcast during a sneaking mission i need your complete attention here but snake these guys talk about comic books science fiction and fantasy it really appeals to a japanese otaku like me otacon i don't care i could be discovered at any moment and oh damn jesus oh Big shot! Otacon, help! Ah, son of a- ah, 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 ah. Oh no! I lost the connection! Fan holes? Fan holes! Hey folks, welcome back to Fan Holes, your weekly dose of pop culture entertainment. Um... We're back again, telling you about the things we just like to talk about. Usually they are very much uh, kind of geekily related, but you never know. Sometimes we go off the uh, map and try to talk about some not-as-geeky things. We have a pretty good show lined up for you this week. Uh, another one of our Franken-shows. Again, we just sometimes like to talk about a bunch of random stuff. And, hey, you know, usually we have a pretty good uh, time doing it, like a lot of laughs. Uh, going to go ahead and go over a couple of things. Uh, on TV, we're going to talk about our favorite sitcom. What more needs to be said? What TV show makes us laugh, pretty much. Um, we're going to go into a movie topic this week. We're going to be talking about reboots. Which ones were pretty good? Which ones did we like? Better than the original movie that they were rebooting. Uh, basically, sometimes they get it right, sometimes they don't. We're going to just skim over the ones they didn't do right. We're going to talk about the ones that they did uh, a good job on. Also, we're going to go to a kind of a nebulous idea. There is a lot of popular characters over there in comics there's a lot of popular characters in movies <clears throat> a lot of popular characters in cartoons just all realms of fiction science fiction what have you sometimes they get a little too big for their britches and they get a little annoying a little watered down a little spread too thin if you know what i'm saying wolverine <laughs> <laughs> and uh batman <laughs> and uh this uh topic is pretty much where we're going to address that Overrated or popular characters that might have worn out their welcome a little bit in our eyes. So, yeah, we're going to get into that. Then finally this week, we're going to talk about toys, but not just toys. We're going to talk about Todd toys. No, wait, McFarlane toys. Todd toys is what it was called for about six months. 
Um, <laughs> and before that, it was Tony Twist Toys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn lawsuits. Uh, McFarlane Toys has been putting out toys for, jeez, over a, like a decade? God, I can't even believe it. Like almost two decades now. That's crazy. You never would have thought that guy would have lasted that long. However, he's put out some really good stuff. I, myself, am a fan of a lot of it. Haven't collected a lot of it recently, but we'll get more into detail about McFarlane Toys later on in the show. Uh, we do have our regular fan holes here this week. I would like to throw a shout-out to our good friend Brian Breakdown. He was not able to make it, make it this week. He had some prior commitments. Um, personal life, hey, sometimes it overrides uh, a hobby. You know what I'm saying? We just do this for fun. So, you know, he's not going to get docked on his paycheck for this one. <laughs> However, we do have the other fan holes there this week. Uh, give us a shout-out. Who's here? Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. This lava is toast! <laughs> hey, it's uh, Mike Thunderwing. And Justin Grimlock. Cool, cool. We do have a good crew here tonight. So you're saying I go into NBC and tell them I got this idea for a show about nothing. <laughs> we go into NBC. We? Since when are you a writer? What writer? We're talking about a sitcom. <laughs> um, I'm just going to jump right into it. Been a fan of that lately instead of uh, building it up too much. Favorite TV sitcom. They make you laugh, hopefully. If they're bad, they make you cry. But we're not going to talk about the ones that make you cry. We're going to make you uh, enjoy our little picks and views on really good sitcoms that are just funny as hell. Shit that just makes us laugh or at least gets a chuckle out of us. Um... Who do I want to start with this week? Who's on the fan holes? Target. I want to start off with Justin, I think. What is your favorite TV sitcom, sir? What's something that just makes you just LOL? <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I picked, like, my favorite three. Um, and uh, I guess the first one oh, is... I'll mention that. The first Which one I like, invented... This this honorable mention is toast. <laughs> my uh, my first pick is a show I brought up on a previous show. Um, is, it would be Seinfeld. Like I I want to say like Seinfeld is like the first like um, I don't know adult sitcom I ever like got into watching because I can remember watching like the first like the first or second season like you know and I was like probably in middle school if if i was even in middle school and like some of it was over my head but there were parts in it that i thought was funny you know like i thought you know kramer was really crazy and kooky so you know better watch out what he does next but uh you know, it's one of those shows where it's like i got older and the older i the older i got the more i got into it and the more i could before that you were like you know man i gotta watch like the secret adventures of alex max and then you're like ooh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's one of those things. It's like the older I got, the more I could like see in it, and the more like you know, the more sophisticated jokes I was able to understand. And it, it's one of those series that I could probably sit down at any time and watch any episode, like even some of the bad episodes I really like. And like I uh, mentioned, quick, uh, quick question: who's your, who's your favorite Seinfeldian? I don't know. Like I, I really like Jerry, but I also kind of like George. It's like. If if I was one of the characters on Sunfall, like I think I'd be like mostly George, but with like a mix of Jerry, I guess, because I'm I'm a little of both. But uh, uh, Sunfall, <laughs> like Sunfall is one of those shows I could sit down and watch any time, and like I've I've got most of the most of the season sets, and usually like once a year I'll sit down and I'll like have a big marathon, watch every episode, and 
you know, I'll even watch them with the commentary and all that stuff. Um, like when I was a lot younger, I guess like my favorite sitcom was like Mr. Ed, and like I, I still <laughs> I still really enjoy Mr. Ed. I think it's a really like underrated like sitcom. I don't think it gets enough like you know due credit for being just so hilarious like there's one episode my favorite episode is the one where it's like i can't remember exactly what it happens but mr ed ends up driving like some kind of like delivery truck down the road <laughs> like like i don't know how many times i've seen that episode but every time i've seen it like just seeing mr ed like drive a, a delivery truck down the road just cracks me up like We're driving car like, horse driving car <laughs> the science of mr ed makes no sense <laughs> He has no thumbs. His hook cannot press the gas pedal. (laughs) It's funny, you were talking about uh, Seinfeld before. Um, I I just thought I'd mention, I mean, as far as my experience with Seinfeld, I I, I think I've brought up this in the past on other podcasts, whether we were talking about, like, The Simpsons or Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But that, that is... Seinfeld is another show that I guess thanks to my roommate in college who I lived with, you know, for about, you know, three years, like most of those, you know, uh, shows, it was kind of like always background noise in the other room. So it's like I probably watched tons of Seinfeld, but only because it was like on in the other room. And what was funny was like he, you know, my friend would watch it and he really enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, You know, my roommate or whatever. But he... um, he would sometimes get me to actually like pay attention to the episodes because he's like, you know, oh, you know, Jerry likes Superman, you know, and I go, oh, well, Jerry can't be all that bad. Like he likes Superman, you know, he's got to be a pretty cool guy, you know. So it's like I, I remember like the episodes where it's like, oh, look, it's Bizarro Kramer, you know, or whatever, you know, and that kind hey, of. Did thing. you ever see the episode where he dated Lois? Yeah, yeah. So like things like that, like where yeah. I like pay attention to it, where I'd be like, oh yeah, he's got his little Superman phone or whatever it is in the background, and like. Things like that. So I would, like, always pay attention to when he starts talking about, like, you know, Superman stuff. I'd kind of, like, perk up, like, and look and be like, oh, he's talking (laughs) about Superman. And then i kind of go back to, you know, whatever I was doing. But, yeah, a lot of it was very kind of, uh, you know, like, just for for me, it was like there's tons of shows I've probably seen or, or, you know, were, uh, was present for, but not not totally paying attention to, so... I, I always like that episode, though, just because, it, like you said, the Superman thing, it was just really funny. I remember one of the lines was, uh, he was going out with a girl named Lois. She wasn't actually Lois Lane, but her name was Lois, and she actually did kind of look like her. And at one point, she's like, oh, by the way, Jerry, uh, would you be able to come see me at lunch today so I can go out? And he's like, huh, come and see you in midtown traffic for lunch in that small amount of time? Why, Lois, to do that, I'd have to be Superman. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was There's- funny. There was one episode where, like, Jerry and George get into this big argument about whether or not uh, Tony Stark is naked in the Iron Man suit. <laughs> I like that one. Nice. So, I don't remember so it who, was, who was for who? Who was on what side of the argument? Was George, it George? George insisted that Tony Stark was naked was in the naked, Iron Man right? suit. Yeah, he's like, I still I say he's naked, Jerry. He's naked! He's naked! Iron Man. Come on! Yeah. I think that there's also a conversation <laughs> they have where they like they they argue about Spider-Man's name being spelled wrong with like no hyphen and it's like <laughs> and Jer- I think it was Jerry who's like if there's no hyphen it's all one word it's like someone's last name it's like Joe Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one that was a good one <laughs> But yeah sorry Justin you 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 were talking about the amazing uh car driving horse 
Yeah, I really love a mystery. I, I like a lot of uh, 60s sitcoms. Like, I love the Munsters. I love the Addams Family. Uh, I really liked I Dream of Genie, and then when I got older, I liked I Dream of Genie a lot more. Um, but, uh, like, another good sitcom I like from the 60s would be Gilligan's Island. Like, I, I really love Gilligan's Island. Like, that that's another show I can, like, sit down any time. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm in a good mood or bad mood. I'll just pop in a disc of Gilligan's Island and, you know, just laugh at, you know, Gilligan's stupid problems and stuff. Little buddy, skipper, little buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I I remember like I don't know why, but I I had a really weird ability in the uh, late '80s. Whenever I t- tune into TBS, I would always find Gilligan versus the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> yeah, TBS used to play the hell out of like. Brady Bunch and Gilligan's Island. Like, I was never crazy about the Brady Bunch, but I was like, come on, you're like, let's get this Brady Bunch stuff over with. I want to watch Gilligan's Island. Yeah. It was funny as hell. I was like, what the hell? Why am I watching them? And, like, the Globetrotters were playing basketball against giant robot basketball players. I don't know. Don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was one of those things. But, yeah, 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 yeah. That's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. Uh, very, very uh, surprised you picked some uh, older stuff. I, I shouldn't be. You watch The Twilight Zone. You obviously have some. Uh, fondness for the uh early early days of television so yeah that's pretty good stuff did you ever um, did you ever get into bewitched at all since you like i dream of genie or? i like some bewitched i was never really crazy about it i always thought it would have been cool if they could have had like had a crossover where they fight but like i don't know I, sometimes like i can't really get into bewitched much i just never understood why darren just didn't beat the fucking hell out of andorra <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one thing if you're like, you know, stepmom's a bitch, you know, like, oh, I hate you, Darren, or, or Derek, or Daniel, whatever she got his name wrong. <clears throat> but, like, she would, like, turn him to a frog, or, like, you know, put him over molten lava, like, try to or, kill or, him and shit. Or there was that time where she killed him and replaced him with an imposter for, like, three seasons. <laughs> for three seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's screw you, Dick Sergeant. <laughs> like, Dick York. <laughs> Like, I was like, Jesus Christ, he is, like, gone above and beyond just, like, you know, like, I called you a bitch, you know? She, he's, he's, like, actually trying to hurt him, and he's all like, oh, and Dora, you're wacky, you know? You <laughs> know? It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's that's why he got replaced. He was such a pussy. Um, <laughs> but uh, that, and I think he died. Um, but <laughs> That small little detail. Yeah, that too. Whoops, my bad. But uh, <laughs> whoopsie! Didn't didn't the guy on uh, I Dream of Genie get replaced too? Wasn't Larry Hagman and didn't he? No, he he was no? there for the full run. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I, I didn't watch a lot of I Dream of Genie. I just whenever I did, I was kind of too preoccupied with uh, Genie's see-through pants. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I was gonna say that's got a top like, uh, or at least be right up there with uh, Princess Leia and her slave bikini outfit, right? Yeah. Yeah, her magic wasn't the only thing going. Um, <laughs> I gotta log out. Um, <laughs> even I called myself on that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Good times. Good times. 60s TV shows always worth a watch. Um, we're gonna go ahead and move this truck on along down the highway. Uh, how about you, Mike? What's your favorite sitcom? Well, I'd I'd have to give an honorable mention to Seinfeld too. Uh, 
Uh, I kind of, like, I didn't watch it when it was, like, big, really. I kind of watched it when it was, like, repeated, like, mercilessly, like, <laughs> after school you and whatever. watch fucking Seinfeld! <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, I grew to like it. And, you know, like that, like uh, Justin said, uh, you know, it's it's a very funny show. And, you know, you you, you get really, uh, you, even though all the characters are totally unlikable and, like, like terrible human beings, you just kind of like them for some reason pretty much um i'd also like to give an honorable mention to boy meets world which i used to watch a yeah. lot like it yeah at night I, I used to dig the adventures of uh Miss, young mr savage and his brillo head and whatever <laughs> and uh you know topanga and sean and topanga. whoever else yeah and topanga yeah and topanga and was topanga. right in that uh genie area yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like a a thing I always use like from that show like I still use to this day with anyone who's named Sean. Um, there there was an episode where Corey like goes back in time like to the fifties or something, and he meets like Sean's like fifties like ver like doppelganger or whatever, and the guy like the kid insists that he calls him Seanzy. So like when he comes back to like normal time, he like wakes up and Sean's like leaning over him and he's like, "Corey, are you okay?" And he's like, "Seanzy," and like <laughs> Sean, Sean just goes, "Yesy." <laughs> so whenever I meet, whenever whenever someone I know is named Sean, I'm like, "Seanzy," and they're like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And I'm like, "And I'm like, no, you're supposed to go yesy." <laughs> But um, my number one pick, though, and I guess this might be considered cheating a little, but no, no I guess not. Well, I, I don't know what you'd consider it, but um, my number one pick is The Simpsons. Uh, I know, spoilers, we're going to talk about this more in depth in a future show. In a future, future, future show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, The Simpsons have... <laughs> is probably i i would say my favorite overall tv show of all time and it it does wear the hat of sitcom so uh i'll just leave it at that that simpsons is my <laughs> favorite sitcom cool cool <clears throat> i guess i'll go ahead and go next because actually da -da -da -da, secret brother alert i gotta agree with you about simpsons um I, again we will be talking about this later on in the future Future, so future, future. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I agree. I don't want to give away too much. But, I mean, I will say this much. All the people who are like, well, it's been on for like 20-something years and it's gotten old. Are the later seasons not as good? Yes. Fine. I will relent on that. But it does not take away from the awesomeness of, like, just great Simpsons episodes. That's all I can say. The good episodes are amazing. The ones that aren't so good are still pretty damn good compared to other TV shows. Yeah, so. the last, especially like the last like three seasons or so, they've been really solid. Like you know, it's not any yeah. like I don't know, maybe around like season fifteen or sixteen, I started going, okay, that's kind of grown worthy when they started, you know, kind of really like you know, I we almost thought they were on their last legs, but yeah, the last few seasons have been like really solid. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, you can obviously have your own viewpoint about, like, the quality of later seasons, but overall, it's been on 20 seasons for a reason. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, yeah, yeah, I totally will secret brother the... the I'll, I will secret brother you! <laughs> oh, <do I? laughs> anyway. it, it, it's hard to top, like, the Poochie episode and the one where, like, Sideshow Bob does the score from the HMS Pinafore. Like, I love those two <laughs> yeah. episodes. 
probably think, one of my I think top ones. The, the thing that me and my buddy always uh, would talk about, uh, the one that I watched DBZ with, and I know I, I shared this with you guys, we talk about it all the time, but we, we love the, you know, remember Alf Pogs? <laughs> that's you know? yeah. So it's just like, that's, yeah. that's our favorite. So we, you know, anytime it was something, we'd always, you know, it'd be interchangeable. It would never have to be Alf Pogs. It'd just be like, you know, remember Remember Power Rangers? Remember Fan Holes? Remember, like, it doesn't matter what it is, but, you know. Yeah. De- Derek, would, would you be watching The Simpsons and your friend would walk in and be like, hasn't Homer killed Bart yet? Yeah, really. <laughs> isn't, he, isn't he done strangling him yet? No, actually, like, because it's like, I don't think I ever really watched The Simpsons with him that much, you know? Like, I, I think that was a case where that the guy who was uh, my roommate in college, like, that was the same kind of situation where he... He loved that show probably more than he loved Seinfeld, but he was one of those guys that like, if it was in syndication and it was on at six thirty and it was on at seven thirty, like he would watch it at six thirty and he would watch it at seven thirty, and so it'd be like five days a week. And even if he'd seen the episode before, he'd watch it again. Yeah. You know, like in syndication, like that's the kind of guy he was. So like I was, you know, like I said, same thing with the Seinfeld. It's like I didn't really, you know, it wasn't anything I went out of my way to watch. But, you know, if you live with the guy in your home, you know, it's like, you you know, it's like, hey, you, you didn't have any choice. It was on. So either you watched it or you'd be like, dude, I've seen this episode like 500 times. You know, like I'm going to go, you know, study or do whatever it is I have to do, you know, and, and then I'll pay attention when when something else is, but most times I, you know, I, I just kind of, I would tape my shows and, you know, I'm sure there were things that, that I like to watch that he probably had to suffer through too. So, you know. Yeah. Um, all I gotta say as far as, you know, random Simpsons love is, uh, <clears throat> Hank Scorpio. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite episodes of all time. Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, also, I'll, I'll throw an honorable mention since uh, we did Secret Brothers that, since I don't really talk too much about The Simpsons. You can hate on me if you want, <clears throat> but for some reason, I did watch a shit ton of this show, so there had to be something I liked about it. I don't know if I was, I don't know, mentally deficient during this era, or maybe I was at the same age as the girls on this show, so I wanted to bang one of them in my, like, I don't know, pubescent haze. But hey, I will throw it throw it out there and call a spade a spade. At the time, I watched a shit ton of Full House, so there you go. Just yeah, just... I can. I, I I used to watch Full House every so often too. I mean, not like regularly, but if it was on, I wouldn't turn it yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was on, it would totally be like, yeah, I'm totally gonna watch this. And and I <clears throat> I think I like I think I like Uncle Joey because I saw his stand up, and Dave Coulier is actually a really funny guy. Not so much on the TV show because he had to water him down because it was kind of a family show, but he was he was actually a really funny guy. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's true of uh, Bob true Sagan. of Bob Saget. Yeah, he's too. he's like yeah. filthy. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. I, I there must have been something I really liked about that show, and I yeah I, I will defend my watching of it. You know, and and Uncle Jesse was dreamy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, Tony? Let us more sad secret. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she made Dave, Dave Cool Yay. Yeah, who is Uncle Joey, right? No, oh, Uncle, what's his name? Uncle he, Jesse was like John Stamos. Yeah, so Uncle oh, Joey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, John Stamos was the dreamy one. Uncle Joey was the funny one, and Danny was the neat freak. 
fuck, I know too much about that show. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> Did someone say word? Anyway, um... <laughs> Mike got that one. <laughs> I did, yes. For a fucking season, he carried around this stupid fucking puppet that was called, like, I, I forgot his actual <laughs> name. It was like Mr. Gopher or something like that, or Mr. Beaver or something like that. Mr. And he, like, Mr. Whiskers. I don't know what his name was. Yeah, I don't remember the actual name, but, like, his little catchphrase was, did someone say what? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, I wouldn't remember if he wasn't on for, like, a whole season. Like, he would just, seriously, for, like, a whole season, Dave Coulier would walk around with this fucking joke puppet. <laughs> He, he was Scarface. Yeah, it was like it was <laughs> turned into soap from the fucking seventies. <laughs> but yeah, I don't even know. But yeah, yeah, one of them is a good show. The Simpsons, totally check it out. We will talk again about it more later on. The other one, you know that you're out there and you watch Full House, so I'm not going to defend myself to you. No, no, I don't. I don't think you have to defend yourself. <laughs> I know I've seen plenty of episodes of Full House. You know what was funny was when I went to. Uh, because uh, I, I, I've seen a couple sitcoms live. Maybe that might be interesting for the viewers, so I'll just go into that for a minute. But, like, I saw... Um, well, you the, do live in California, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I saw, like, a live taping of Frasier, which was, like, one of the best, hmm. um, you know, one of those that I actually went to. Like, Kelsey Grammer was cursing every five minutes whenever he <laughs> flubbed his lines. But, like, he was a really nice guy. Like, there was... there. I, I think there was, like... Because you had to be, like, a certain age to actually get inside. And so I guess some, you know, young girl was a big fan of Frasier or whatever, and she couldn't actually go to see the taping. But I guess they ended up calling her, like, during one of the breaks, and he got on the phone and talked to her and just, you know, he was really, really nice and everything. So I thought, besides that, it was funny. And, like, even when he messed up his lines... Which it 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 wasn't like such an un it wasn't like it was like super unprofessional it was like you could tell he memorized like you know twelve scripts for like you know you know yeah, all the episodes a, that week you know what I mean so he's just like he's just like yeah. going through like all those things and so he's doing this one <laughs> script for for this night or whatever you know and whenever he flubbed it at least even when he cursed like it was still funny to me because it was like you know they you know you you kind of got the joke or whatever and then um i want to say the the first sitcom i ever saw was uh taped live and this is why it segued into full house was uh the single guy like do you guys remember that at all it was like on for like a season like um the, the, the title sounds familiar but i don't I think I watched it. Who is, who is the star, yeah. Uh, here, let me look it up real quick, because I know it was... Um... Here, let me just make and By sure the way, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a minor Secret Brothers shout-out on the Frasier. I actually really did enjoy Frasier, too. Yeah, I will, I yeah. will echo that, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jonathan uh, Silverman uh, was, like, a struggling New York writer, and, like, the big... the, 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 the I guess the, the quote-unquote stars, like, uh, uh, Ming-Na Wen was in it, and then er- Ernest Borgnine was, like, the bellhop at the hotel or doorman or whatever. It sounds so, like, like one of those shows that was really familiar, but I never saw. That That's mm. who I knew when I went to see it. Like, I knew who Ernest Borgnine was, but I didn't, at the time, I didn't know who you know, too many of the other, I mean, I kind of remember Jonathan Silverman for like some movies and stuff, but you know, not, not too much. But anyway, the, the main reason why I brought that up, the, the segue was they, that sitcom was not so great. Like there's a reason why it was canceled, you know, or whatever, but like, uh, the, uh, I guess you'd call him the MC of the night 
like he would come in and like it, you know they probably hired like stand up comedians and stuff to like you know basically they they were there to coach the audience like oh this is when it's okay to laugh and please laugh because we need your laugh track because you know like basically they're you know probably because all the jokes were shitty so they're like hey remember to laugh because it wasn't like it's like actually fucking funny but anyway they're like yeah, go the ahead warm up guy yeah you know but yeah he was basically the the MC and he was like kind of like don't feel you know ashamed to laugh you know or whatever but he was he was giving out free stuff but since the single guy was like a brand new show it hadn't even been aired on TV when we were seeing the, the, the get like Mr. Belvedere t-shirts. Well, yeah, that, that's what I was, that, that was the joke was they gave out like full house stuff. So like people <laughs> won like full house t-shirts and full house caps and like shit like that. And so that was what was funny was because we won some of that stuff. We ended up using it later in a in a skit that we did at college or whatever, because we had all this full house shit. So, you know, but anyway, that, that was, that was kind of the joke or whatever. But, um, uh, for, for my favorite stuff, uh, it, I guess it might be a little obscure or whatever, but, um, uh, one of my favorite sitcoms, uh, is out of this world. Um, cause I like it cause I like Evie Garland and I like that she's an alien and she could stop time. And along those lines, um, I, it's not on DVD, which would be nice because I would buy it because um, I haven't seen it in a long time. But I remember watching that like in syndication like all the time. Um, it, I think it was probably on like around the same time as like My Secret Identity. And, yeah, I must say, you know, that was like a definitely early 90s you know, show. But yeah, like Small Wonder and th- those yeah. kind of shows. Like, So I, I remember really digging it. Like It was probably on like while Superboy was playing too and you know things like that so um anyway I I dug that show I liked how she could uh you know she always put her index fingers together to freeze time and stuff like that I thought that was cool I always sort of imagined you know that it'd be cool to do something like that and then kind of along those lines of something I do have all the DVD sets of uh, I guess this is my honorable mention because I watched it to death and I really like it is uh the uh the original Saved by the Bell you know, I, I guess, you I have, know, I've seen way too much say by the bell. Myself. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say like, like in terms of sitcoms, like if, if like Luke Skywalker was my, you know, main action sci-fi hero and like Mike Donovan was like a number two, I'd say like in terms of sitcoms, which are maybe lower on the scale of, of things I like because they're not set in space. You know, I'd say that, like, <laughs> Zach Morris might be, like, right up there at number three. You know, like, I, I dug, you know, like, w- whenever I was, like, writing, like, scripts for theater or, like, I would write, you know, movie scripts and stuff when I was in college. Like, I always loved the convention of him, you know, kind of like Evie Garland stopping time, but I always loved him being able to break the fourth wall and kind of being able to, you know, let everybody know what's going on. Like, oh, hey, guys this is what's going on with Screech, you know, or whatever the fuck was going on. So, like, I always dug that and, and thought it was cool to, uh, you know, to be able to do that, you know. And, um, uh, and I was I was sort of uh, in love with Kelly Kapowski. <laughs> I was just about to say, who didn't want to bone Kelly Kapowski? Yeah, you know, and I was just kind of like, hey, she's, she's a Polish girl, and my mom would like her, and, you know, like, you know, and she's hot. So, like, I'm like, what's wrong with that? I know Tiffany Amber Thiessen is not actually Polish, but, you know, when her name was Kelly Kapowski, I was like, hey. Um, but, um, yeah, so, uh, there, you know, there's, there's plenty of... Uh, fun stuff with that and i i, I sort of I, I i never really watched i guess saved by the bell the next generation but uh but i followed everything <laughs> with uh with mark that's that's the one with the klingon right yes that's the one with the klingon. 
and Mr. Belding still <laughs> on the starship. No, um, um, but yeah, um, Screech and Mr. Belding go on the starship with a Klingon. That's what, what it is. Um, no, um, uh, but I never really watched the 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 sort of follow up shows with like the new kind of cast at Bayside. But I did follow anything that had you know the the original cast. Like they they did like some TV movies in the college years and stuff like that. So like I sort of followed all those shows. So you know anything that basically had you know Mark Paul Gossler and uh, um, you know uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen and, and and those cats. Like I watched all those. Um, did you ever have that moment of like? Everybody knows that, like, when you reach a certain age, you lose your innocence. You know, when you're 13 or 14, you know, you see your first boob or you learn what sex is when you're, like, 10 from some kid on the playground and stuff. Everybody has that moment of, like, lost innocence. And when you get to a certain age, you're like, okay, I'm done with losing my innocence. I will never see anything else that will, like, you know, totally fuck me in the brain again. And then you see Jesse Spano's tits and cooter and fucking showgirls. Did that just kind of blow your mind? <laughs> uh, I was only, I, I was of age to go into the theater and watch that when it came out. So I was, I must have been either 18 or 19 uh, when showgirls came out. And I think I watched it. I know I watched it in the theater. Like, I don't know. Like, like I, I think it seemed like a lot of people, uh, you know, were, making fun of it and to me i was just like oh there's that chick from saved by the bell and then i watched the movie and i was like what the fuck is this but you know i just kind of you know I, I think that was back in a period where i watched every movie that came out like like you know it was like i was in college i was in the theater scene and you know like that kind of four-year period it was like going Friday, like movie release day, was always a big deal. You were either going to the movies or you're going to the movies with somebody else, you know. So, like, I, and it's not like defending, like, oh, I watch Showgirls, so I'm a loser or something. No, it was just like we watched, you know, whatever it was. Like, I remember, you know, that uh, even though I wasn't that into Buffy and Angel at the time, do you remember that uh, David Boreanaz movie? Like the like, I I I I'm trying to remember what it's called, but it was like I hate you, Valentine, or whatever the fuck it was. Like I remember we even oh, saw yeah. we, we even saw that on release date because it was like we're, like we're gonna watch this. This is gonna be terrible, you know. Like it was like <laughs> yeah, you know, and like we all went and stuff, and like you know, just stuff like that. So like that was a period where I was, you know, I I, I would say like these days, obviously, I'm not as as heavily involved in, you know, watching movies or whatever. But at that point, you know, if I went to an Oscar party, I would have seen, like, every movie there was, you know. But these days, I looked at, like, the 2012 Oscar nominations, and I was, you know, sort of commiserating with a friend uh, uh, via text and email, and he was just like, I haven't... Hugo, Hugo, Hugo! <laughs> well, no, no, he was just kind of going, like, I haven't seen any of these. You know, and he was a big, he was a film major and, and a big film buff. And I, you know, I was a theater major and a big, you know, theater guy. And I kind of, I said, well, I haven't looked at any of them yet, but I don't think I've seen any of them. And, um, and then, uh, and then when I actually looked up the nominations, I went, yep, I haven't seen shit. You know, so like, and even like, even the, even the stuff that was kind of like mega popular where it's like, you know, for, for special effects on, you know, Harry Potter's CGI, you know, ass cheek. <laughs> you know, I was just kind of like, nope, I haven't even seen that either. So, like, it's like I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen any of them. So. <laughs> then you, like, look to your friend and, like, you know, 
clanked your beers together and said, but I saw Captain America, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did see Captain America. Yeah. But, um, well, yeah. yeah. So, so, so anyway, for the, the, you know, just sort of back on track, you know, uh, uh, I, I wish uh, Out of This World was out on DVD in Region 1. I remember reading something that somebody said something about maybe in Germany they had it, like, you know, how they have the German Power Ranger sets and stuff like that, but... I, I've not really researched that or anything. I like the show, but you know, not enough to import it from another country or something like that. I just, I would hope like some. I would even, you know, be happy if something like Mill Creek released it in their paper sleeves or some shit. Like, you know, just anybody. Um, but um, and then Saved by the Bell, I've got all the DVD sets. But I did see that uh, that I guess they're going to release a complete Saved by the Bell set with basically all the stuff I already have. So if anybody, you know, is kind of, you know. Uh, was on the fence but wanted to uh, get a complete set. It's got like all the, you know, TV movies and all the seasons and all that kind of stuff. So. Saved by the Bell Kai. <laughs> yeah, the only the, yeah, well, you know, it's it, it doesn't have new animation, Tony. Um, oh, the, the, and the only stuff it doesn't have is uh, kind of like the original Dragon Ball. Uh, it does not have the uh, Good Morning Miss Bliss episodes, which are not on DVD because I guess somebody else has the rights and legal nonsense for those, but. Um, but yeah, you can't catch those on TBS though. Well, yeah, but TV rights, television rights are are different from uh, digital or or DVD. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, if you really want to see those episodes, you can haphazardly. Oh, catch oh, them oh, on. yeah. You can watch them on TBS if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. As far as like the whole uh, Jesse Spano thing, I forgot her name, Elizabeth Berkeley. Yes. Yes. Wow. Good job on me. Um. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I am a I'm a red blooded male, and somebody said you can see Jesse Spano's tits, and I'm like, sure, I'll watch it. But even watching it, I felt dirty because I'm like, we're on a kids show. What happened? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I I think I think for me, um, it was more seeing uh, Kyle McLaughlin get uh, get a, a, a what do you call it a lap dance, you know, an erotic lap dance that made him uh, spooge. Was yeah. was more was more uh, mind altering to me than Jesse Spano because to me Kyle McLaughlin was like you know, you know, was yeah. uh, you know Doom and stuff you know like to me he's another one of my what sort happened? of you know yeah. sci fi heroes and now he's like this sleazy kind of you know producer type guy which I guess is what he normally plays nowadays or whatever he's like some sleazy dude but but uh, at the time I was kind of like dude he's Paul Atreides you know he's Muad'Dib. <laughs> I'm like, Muad'Dib's getting his rocks off with Jesse Spano. You know, I'm like, what's Edward's up? Edward's really happy. <laughs> the spice but, must flow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it flow, it did. The, yeah. the scene would have been better, though, if Jesse Spano stood up after he got like excited and said, like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> Jesse, yeah. Jesse, quit taking crank. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic episode. If anybody's seen that one, that was fucking hilarious. Oh, man. But yeah, a lot of good choices. Um, Some of them are cheesy. Uh, Saved by the Bell is cheesy. Full House is cheesy. But you know what? They're good. They're fun to watch. So, yeah, don't don't let your blinders fool you. There, There's, there's, you know, just for every show that is, like, deeply written and well, very intelligent, there's, like, some just good cheesy fun. Enjoy it, you know? Don't, Sometimes don't... you just want to watch a horse drive a truck. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> perfectly, perfectly put, sir. I, I don't think I can expound upon it better than that. And you must be Mr. Bliss's replacement. Welcome, Mr. Beach. Or is that Bond? Uh, I'm a little confused. Well, we wouldn't want that, would we? 
so we're going to go ahead and uh, move on down to the movies. This one, again, is also more of a positive thing, just like our last one, where we, we could talk about reboot, reboots that sucked, or robots that sucked. We could talk about reboots that sucked, but we're going to talk about ones that actually did their job. Sometimes Hollywood makes a movie, and they kind of get it wrong. I mean, it happens. They They take the source material, and you go see it, and you're all excited, and you're like, Oh wow! I just watched Green Lantern. What the fuck? Um, hey. Then, <laughs> then sometimes you see a reboot and you're like, "Fuck yeah! They they nailed it. That is what I wanted to see from the original." So that's actually where we're gonna go with this time. I have a really weird feeling that we're gonna mainly be talking about comic book movies, but I could be wrong. I may be surprised. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just going to go around the uh, Skype roulette, and I'm going to go with Mike first. What's a reboot that actually impressed you, and you were like, hell yeah, this is what I wanted the first time? Um, I think a lot of, a couple of you guys are going to say this, but obvious, the obvious one is like the Nolan Batman movies. Uh, you know, uh, clearly I think uh, he, he uh, well, he, I guess he updated it for a uh, more cynical time. I guess, and it obviously is much more uh, uh, taken more seriously in the uh, new millennium now than, like, you know, even the Burton movies, which were suitably... Well, the first one was, and then the second one got kind of wacky, but, you know... Penguins with rockets! (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Want to ride my rubber duck into battle? (laughs) Yeah, but... uh, I mean, I, I have some beefs with them. I don't think they're perfect in, in, by any means, but obviously they're a massive improvement from, you know, uh, the uh, Schumacher movies and all that. So, I mean, the, the Schumacher movies have their charm, too, but, you know, they're it's not anything you can really uh, uh, take to the bank, I guess, really. Well, I guess Schumacher could. I guess he made a lot of money off those, but, you know. <laughs> <Matt> nipples, yo. <laughs> yeah. Um... I couldn't really think of much else. Uh, maybe one of you will say something, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I should have said that, too. But uh, I will say that I liked the second Hulk movie better than the first Hulk movie, and that was technically a reboot. So, yeah. So that's about all I have to say. I, I, I'll just back you up. I, I agree with everything you've said. So. Um, I, I will ask uh, either Mike or Derek can uh, expound if they wish, but like we all know the Nolan movies are a lot more serious, a lot more grim and gritty and stuff. But for a reboot to really be successful, there has to be that kind of moment where you're like, fuck yeah, this is what I want. What what was maybe like one moment in either Batman Begins or The Dark Knight? It could even be The Dark Knight. I mean, I know that's a sequel, but still. What is one of those moments that where you were just like, this guy gets it? I, I just think generalistically, without going into too much detail, I like that Batman Begins was about Batman. You know, because yeah. <laughs> if you if you talk about, you know, the, the Burton movies or whatever, you know, I mean, there's no real secret. It's like the 89 Batman movie is about the Joker, you know, and, and yeah. the subsequent movies are often more about the villains than than actually about Batman. You know, you rarely got to see. I mean, you know, you were you were salivating and usually happy if, if you know, when he talked to Gordon for like all of like three minutes in Batman Returns, I was like, oh, good. He fucking talked to Jim Gordon for three minutes. Like, that's awesome. You know, but now at least you got a whole movie. You know, I know some people have problems with with some parts of the movies or whatever. But to me, I'm like, well, you know what? At least it's about 
you know, and like Mike said, they're not perfect, but, um, you know, to me, I'm like, well, you know what, though? I'm glad the movie was about Batman. Yes, you know, some of the, the stupid Thai fighting was dumb, and, yeah, you know, uh, you know, maybe they could have, uh, you know, spent some more time on his detective schooling instead of all the ninja shit, but... You know, uh, for the most part, I mean, there there are movies that I'm I'm happy with, and and uh, you know, and, and I'm happy that it's more, you know, that yeah, the the second movie got to shine some light on the Joker and Two Face and stuff like that, and and in some senses maybe Rachel Ghoul wasn't given due justice, but I like that um, I like that the movies were about Batman as opposed to say the '89 film, you know, or or those subsequent, uh, you know, Schumacher films. And I, let me just speak for the absent Brian, because we always agree on this, that we, we still both kind of think that Bale's Batman voice is a is a little too overdone and almost goofy in places. But, you know, maybe that'll improve for the third one, so we'll see. It's not who I am. It's my <laughs> actions that define me. <laughs> Where are the detonators? Where is he? Uh, Uh, I'll agree with you guys Uh, after watching both films I I agree 100% I watched a Batman movie that's the best thing you could say so always a good thing Uh, I guess Derek pretty much uh, do you pretty much just go what with Mike said or do you have anything to add Uh, I mean you know thinking about like movies that that I like you know, the remakes, or not remakes, because I don't really watch remakes anymore, but I mean, as far as, like, reboots and stuff, like, I I have to say, a lot of people were really excited when Casino Royale came out, and I think I was one of those people where I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, you know, and I went and saw it in the theater, and I enjoyed it, and then uh, when it came out on Blu-ray, like, I just, I really, really appreciate that movie. Like, I still don't like that they used fucking Hold'em instead of Baccarat and certain things about it, but I think that was a really solid, uh, you know, reboot as far as, uh, you know, uh, franchises go and stuff like that. I mean, you know, am I going to, like, compare it to, like, Moonraker or, you know, uh, Dr. No (laughs) or whatever and say, like, oh, dude, like... Casino Royale so much better than you know whatever like I'm not I'm not gonna say like you know I still dig like the you know the Connery movies and stuff like that and I have my cheeseball favorites you know whether it's you know something like Moonraker or even you know something like you know people that are like Never Say Never Again's not a James Bond movie but it's like, <laughs> I, I I still like that movie and stuff. Um, however, you know I I think Casino Royale uh, was really solid and and I really liked the way they you know they went with that franchise and. It it was something that I, I don't think it hit me when I first saw it, but but uh, you know, it's one of those movies where I I've watched it repeatedly, you know, whether it's just due to you know people, you know, whether it's my friends or family's interest in the movie, and then also just due to my own, where you know it's like you know the new you know when Quantum of Solace came out, you know, I ended up buying some of the Blu-rays and stuff like that, and you know it's a movie that I've seen you know quite a number of times, and it just. You know, I, I thought it was a really well-made film, and uh, and I, I liked it a lot. So as far as, you know, is there something where the reboot, you know, has been solid and something that I wanted to see? Like, definitely in uh, in Casino Royale's case, I'd say that's a that's a true. True statement. No, I was just doing a Yoda thing. Like, no, I, oh, okay. I, I don't know. I was done talking. <laughs> statement is that's, true. That's, yes. a, that's a true. <laughs> he just kind of trailed off there at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, that's <laughs> true. 
I'd, I'd <laughs> agree with you, though. I, I liked Casino Royale, yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Um, I've got two. One is a comic one, and one is one that actually has not been mentioned yet, so I'm actually surprised by that. First one, I will do the comic one. Even though you could argue apples and oranges, the fact of the matter is, is there was a Punisher movie that came out a long time ago with Dolph Lundgren, and man, did it fucking suck. Sometimes I talk to God. <laughs> why why do the guilty go unpunished yeah, Lewis Gossett <laughs> runs around trying to find Iron Eagle or some shit oh. <laughs> but yeah the Tom Jane Punisher was a really good movie I, I liked it a lot of people are very divided on it they're like oh that fucking sucked I didn't like it and some people are like that's the greatest thing in the world I liked it I thought it was good Tom Jane was a good Punisher for me he was violent he, he had character. He had, like, a screen charisma. You're like, oh, that's Frank Castle. Got it, you know? So that's why I liked it. His villains were over the top and kind of wacky, which is something I think a Punisher movie needs because the Punisher is a very quiet, stoic figure, and he has to convey a lot of stuff through his actions. So if he has villains who are very talkative or very expressive, it kind of helps me get into the movie so you know that that's why i like the tom jane punisher the one with the guy uh i forgot the guy's name the punisher ward one all right i still like the tom jane punisher better so i thought that was a really good reboot to the uh franchise i don't know why they got rid of him i think tom jane had scheduling problems to do another one anyway so um the other one and i am amazed no one said this yet justin might and he might kill me or be a secret brother um, a lot of people will say it's not a reboot. It's still in continuity. We still got a lot of the same characters, but come on. Fucking A. Don't be stupid. The fact of the matter is, Star Trek is a reboot. The J.J. Abrams one is a new continuity pretty much. Yeah, old Spock shows up. Yeah, we kind of tie into TNG, but Jesus Christ, we have a brand new Kirk. We have a brand new Spock. We have a Yeah, we have brand new ships. This is a what I really liked as far as Star Trek now. Did I like all the old sh old shit? Yeah, I did like a lot of the old stuff. I like The Next Generation. I like Deep Space Nine. Fuck you, Voyager. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nemesis kind of killed the movie franchise, more or less. It was a pretty bad movie. It was yeah. not... Yeah. So, Wait, you, you didn't want to see the continuing adventures of B4? Do you know you can read about the continuing adventures <laughs> of B4 and... <laughs> IDW Comics. Um, I, I like the Star Trek, um, the Star Trek reboot um, a lot, uh, but I, I I don't know that I liked it better than like Rathacon or anything. But that's oh no that's no no me. yeah yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not like I said. I, it's not so much that I hated everything that came before, <clears throat> but I think at the point that they got to, they did need a, a fresh start. Yeah, I was going to say, it was certainly a step in the right direction, and it was certainly better than the previous two Trek films. Like, I thought Insurrection was pretty underwhelming. Like, people always say it felt like it was, like, you know, a TV movie or, like, two episodes put together. It really does feel that way. Like, I remember thinking that when I watched it in the theater, and, you know, Nemesis. Uh, like, I don't even like to think about Nemesis a lot, but... I was just a, I was just about to say, the reboot needed more dune buggies. <laughs> I, I think it needed, I think it needed an epic jungle gym battle at the end between, uh, between, uh, uh Eric Bana and, uh, Chris Pine, where they wrestle in the jungle gym. 
because there's not enough of those at the end of Star Trek movies. Yeah, I know, right? Agreed. That's what happens in the future, you know? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, not discounting any of the good Trek that came before it. I can still watch those. I can still appreciate them for how good they are. Nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, yeah, this does not, in my mind, discount what came before it. But just what came out recently, it was a good idea. I think <clears throat> they kind of ran their course with what they had to deal with at this point. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, Shatner is like almost 80, you know. DeForest Kelly's dead. Scotty's dead. You know, I mean, you got to breathe a little bit of new life into it. So I was very, very pleased well, with it. Well, and all the, if you look at like all the special features on a lot of the DVDs, it's not like The Next Generation or Deep Space Nine or even Kate Mulgrew. It's not like they're spring chickens anymore either, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> one way or the other, you either, you know, make a new TV series with a new ship and a new show or you just, you know, they, they did what they did and they started over with Kirk and company and, you know, I, I think... I, I think whereas, I guess, uh, these guys, you know, were not fans of Transformers or Catwoman or whatever, uh, uh, you know, abomination scripts they wrote and had produced in <laughs> movies, you know, it seems like they were clearly fans of, of Star Trek and tried to uh, put some of that in there. You know, I thought it was a well-balanced movie with a lot of, uh, you know, attention given to each member of the crew and their special traits and skills and you know, you, you didn't feel like you were just watching, uh, you know, I, I know some of the earlier criticism maybe of the original series as well. You had DeForest Kelly, Shatner, and Nimoy were the stars, and everybody else was kind of, you know, incidental to the actual plot and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, in, in this case, you know, it's like I think everybody got a chance to shine and, and you know, really show their stuff. And, uh, you know, hopefully the next one is, is just as good. So. Yeah, like I remember reading a lot of interviews with the writers before the movie came out, and I always appreciated the fact that they specifically mentioned like certain trick books they read, and like they had read before, but they reread them in order to get ready for the movie and writing the script. Like, I remember them mentioning like the book Best Destiny, which I didn't really care for that book, but I remember they wanted, they really liked it, and they made th certain things in that book canon. You know, like that's where we first get the name for like Kirk's mom, like. They kind of oh, made cool. that canon. Like, thought like, okay, these guys know Trek. They know like some of the books and stuff. So, I I don't feel so nervous about them writing the script. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ran random uh, favorite line. One of my favorite lines out of it, besides the one we've already done before from Nero, is his few lines that we love. <clears throat> I always like the one part where they're like, uh, in the very beginning, where uh, the elder Kirk's wife is shuttling off of the uh, doomed uh, uh, Kelvin. And she's like, what are we going to name him? He's like, whatever you want, honey. It's like, how about uh, after your dad? Tiberius, what are you kidding? That's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like the worst. That. Yeah, I just like that. Anyway, and he's Thor, so hey, you got to give him love. Yeah. In, in a cut scene, he was like, how about this thou name him Thor? <laughs> in the original cut scene, they like, saw the ship, and he's like, a fault bigger. Uh, <laughs> no, he was like, zones. <laughs> How about uh, Thor Jr.? <laughs> they started firing on him. I'll take a cue from here. Like, he was like, James, oh, donuts. <laughs> his name is now James Thunderstrike Kirk. <laughs> nice. Oh. Just, just call him Shazam. It'll confuse the kitties. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
new costume hub? I'm calling you Shazam from now on, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, those are my two picks. But what then, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to start calling Tony the old wizard so it'll really fuck with people's heads. They won't know <laughs> what I'm talking about. You have the seven qualities of... <laughs> <laughs> you'll forget what Shazam stands for and you'll just start making up stuff. He like... just starts giving out random powers. It's like Solomon so... for wisdom. By the end of it, it's like... H for ham. <laughs> the power of ham. A for Alan, the guy who brings me my cable guy. <laughs> Z for zingers, colored yellow. Yeah, a again. For Alan again. <laughs> he always brings that on time. An M for uh, <laughs> sweaty chocolate meatballs. <laughs> Does it start with M? What the fuck? <laughs> don't, don't you argue with Shazam the wizard? <laughs> oh, jeez. Somebody bring me my Mylanta. Hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, we went off the rails on that one. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Um, back, back to you, Justin. What's your uh, favorite reboot there, sir? Uh, there were two I was going to mention, but they've both been mentioned. Uh, Derek and I are secret brothers with Casino Royale. Like, I, I'm a huge Bond fan. I've said this before on various shows, and... I remember at the time they were, you know, telling us uh, Casino Royale and it's going to be a reboot. I'm like, um, I don't know. Like, you know, it worked for Batman. I don't know about James Bond. And, you know, kind of like Star Trek reboot. I remember being very nervous. And then, you know, they, they were like, oh, and it's Daniel Craig. I'm like, uh, who's this guy? Like, I don't I don't know. I was, just... was, was going to ask you about that when you said people were nervous about it. Did you see that, like, they had, like, YouTube video footage. He came in on, like, a boat for, like, some press thing. Yeah. Yeah, and he like, fell, and everybody was like, "Oh, James Bond's a pussy, bro!" You know. <laughs> well, there were like websites uh, protesting. They're like, "Oh, we don't want Daniel Craig for Bond. Boo! Yeah, you know, Bond's not blonde. Get rid of this jerk." Like, uh, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't go that far. I was like, I'll give him a chance, but you know, I don't know if he'll be Bond for me. But it ended up, you know, like I saw it in theaters, and I really loved it. I think it was a great film, and you know, all the naysayers, like, I would just say to them, I'm like, you know. Craig feels like Bond to me, and like I, you know, like I said, I'm a huge Bond fan. I like there are different things I like about all the Bond actors. You know, like I know a lot of people like Poo Poo Lazenby, like just because he did one film, but like I really like Lazenby, and I can find things with each actor. Like each actor brought something to the role that I like, and I like that you know the certain aspects that Craig brought to it. Like I really like this Bond is like more hard edge. He's like more like the book and stuff like that. And, a lot of people say he's not, like, as humorous as he has been, you know, like, he's not as funny as Roger Moore, you know, whatever, but, you know, I, I really like him. I think it helps that me and you are, like, Doctor Who fans, so somebody being the same character doesn't really fuck with us. Yeah, maybe that's part of it. Like, I know I'll, I read a lot of, like, message board stuff where people, like, try to figure out, like, how do we, you know, how do we consolidate all these different Bond actors, like... I'm like, there is no Bond continuity. Like, just enjoy it. You know, don't try and make sense of it. You'll drive yourself crazy. Shoot, man. Yeah. You talk about uh, giving me a DBZ exploding headache. It's not about consolidating all the different Bond actors. It's about consolidating Felix Leiter, man. Like, <laughs> yo, dude. Um, is he old? Is he black? Is he old? Know. Is he white? Is he black? Does he have a leg? Does he not have a leg? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? Well, I mean, uh,. 
now I haven't seen the new, new the new Bond film, so you have to like fill me in. Now, was it M who they changed to a woman? M has been a woman since uh, the first Brosnan film, Goldeneye. Okay, well, I I saw Goldeneye, and that didn't really I didn't hear a lot of stink. But I remember when I like saw the Daniel Craig thing. They're like, this is just as bad as M, and I'm like, what? What about M? Because I was used to her being a woman by that point. Yeah, I mean, I I've never had a problem with M being a woman. Like, that that was never even an issue. Like, I think she's like really good to M. Like, you know, the, like the the first like argument they have in Goldeneye, where she pr- pretty much calls him like a sexist dinosaur. Like, I was like, I like her. Like, she's great. <laughs> Like <laughs> she called you a fossil. <laughs> well, I think I think I, I I don't know. This is kind of on topic. Like I think Goldeneye itself was a pretty successful, uh, uh, dare I say, reboot of the franchise as well. Because yeah. because yeah. I think some of those Timothy Dalton movies. I I, I know maybe Justin might enjoy them, and I know they're kind of in the '80s, so there's like a lot of cool '80s things about them. But I kind of I kind of feel about those movies the same way you guys feel about like Insurrection and Nemesis. Like, huh. like it's kind of like, like it's kind of like I don't think they're quite. Then or something like that. You know, I I just don't think those movies are quite so hot. And I remember when Goldeneye came out, it was more like, oh, cool, like Bond's cool again. You know, like hmm. I don't know. That's just the I I remember that vibe at least going into it. You know, like when I was around. So. I I really like The Living Daylights. Like that's one of my favorite Bond films. But like License to Kill, like. I could see your argument for that. Like, I, License to Kill to me is like one of the lesser Bond films, but yeah. I think the thing with Dalton was he was like, you know, fuck blonde hair. I don't give a shit about what hair color he is, but at least Daniel Craig's, you know, British. And Dalton just didn't seem very British to me. And I mean, I know he, he has the background and stuff, but he just, he seemed very American. He's like, hello, I'm James Bond. How are you doing today? Let's go get a beer. I mean, hello, <laughs> you know. Because I, I, I only saw the like the one where like he's fighting like the coke dealer. Yeah, that's License to Kill. Yeah, <clears throat> and that was just I don't know. He seemed to kind of go in and out of like being British. <laughs> hmm. Might have been just me. I, I may have been seeing too much into it, but I, don't know. I think again it goes back to like the whole like Roger Moore thing. Like people had like Roger Moore in their mind for so many Bond films, and they're like, oh, who's this new guy? Like he's not as funny. He's kind of like he's dark and edgy, and I don't know if I'd like it, but. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> yeah. It was just me. They're used to the cheese, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all good uh, good reboots, I would say. I, I have no problem with any of those reboots. Uh, I'll actually echo Mike and Derek on another one. Uh, they talked about it briefly. I don't really have a lot to say about it, but um, yeah, the uh, Incredible Hulk was much better than the Hulk. So yeah, definitely check that one out, too. We've been trying to contact you for days, Wolverine. Where have you been? Achoo! Somewhere cold. Moving right along, we're going to go, and we haven't been here in a while, but considering it's winter, I guess we should visit this place. It's someplace cold. This is pretty much uh, one of the reasons why I've been hyping a lot of positivity the last couple of topics is this is not going to be a very positive topic. Uh, someplace is cold is where we go where we talk about something we don't like. We are not fans. Basically, this could be anything tonight. We're going to be talking about overrated, popular characters. These are basically, like I said earlier in the show, guys who kind of worn out the, their welcome. Guys or girls, doesn't matter. Or aliens, whatever the uh, character may be. Just that one person, when you look at them on the comic rack or in a movie or read them in a book, you're just like, 
<sighs> this fucker again. Well, don't you guys... I mean, doesn't every team have a, uh... Well, you know, a... A that guy? I know where you're going with this. I don't. That's because you're the only one of us who doesn't have a... That guy. A... That guy is the grumpy one-liner spewing rebel. Totally. Yeah, they like to hang around in the shadows and spew one-liners and challenge every word that comes out of the leader's mouth. They spend a lot of their time making fun of the new recruits, but I think deep down what they really want is everybody's affection. So, yeah, not going to be too positive on this one. I will start with the person I have not started off with tonight. I want to go with you, Derek. Who is the guy you're just tired as hell of seeing? I, I mean, I don't know that it's true today, per se, but, I mean, I, I sort of have that love-hate relationship with, you know, I mean, it's already been coughed on air, but, I mean, like, guys like Batman and Wolverine, you know, because there's that massive overexposure, you know, the kind of glut of, you know, when, whenever they were popularized, or just the simple fact that, like, you know, it's like Batman has, you know, at any given time, you know, uh, counting like sidekicks and whatnot, you know, it's like, oh, how many Batman books are there these days? Like 15, 10, you know, like wh whatever it is, yeah. you know, it's like there's always like a lot of Batman books. And it's like you, you can't begrudge, you know, a company for selling what what there is demand for. You know, obviously Batman's popular enough to hold, you know, four books on his own or whatever it is. And, you know, the same probably can be said for Wolverine. But I mean, as far as like overrated, you know, overrated, like I, I don't begrudge a character for being popular, but like sometimes I think, you know, their their fan aura, as we like to call it, you know, like things like that. I, I just kind of always dislike when when those seem to seep into the stories and things become artificially inflated, you know? It's just like, you know, like, whatever it is, it could be like the, you know, the Justice League cartoons or even Wolverine and the X-Men. It's like, how did that happen? Like, remember when it was just like the fucking X-Men? You know, like, it's like funny, like, stuff yeah. like that where you're like, you know, oh, now Wolverine's the leader. And it's like, wait, now Wolverine's running the school. You know, it's like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, how did, you know, it's like, I... I guess to me, like, like there were points in time where I found transitions like that believable, like during, like, say, Fall of the Mutants. But the reason why was because, you know, Cyclops was off leading his own team, X-Factor, and Storm was, like, off missing with Forge. So the only person left in that group of fucking Nimrods who could hold a candle to hope to lead them was Wolverine. But see, yeah. to me, that made sense. It's like, what? Who are you going to put in charge? Long shot? Like, you know, it's like, you know, like that kind of makes <laughs> sense to me. The team. <laughs> it's like Wolverine didn't want to be the leader. He kind of had to step up and stuff like that. But it's like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't buy it when like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when there's other people to pick up the slack, whether it's Storm or Professor X or Cyclops or Hell Magneto or anybody like, you know, it, it just kind of. You know, you start to, you know, cable, like, there's just all kinds of characters where you're like, you know, oh, who's been a leader before? Shit, I'd put Havoc, you know, Havoc's led a, you know, Havoc should by all rights be just as much of a leader as somebody like Hawkeye or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, they both led teams like X-Factor and the West Coast Avengers and stuff like that. And, like, sometimes I think stuff like that gets downplayed, you know? It's like, even in terms of, like, somebody like Batman, it's like, okay, yeah, Batman was in charge of, say, like, the Outsiders or something. But I always kind of looked at that as being, like, 
you know, he's a general and giving a bunch of guys that he thinks are his underlings kind of like orders. Whereas, like, I always thought, like, Nightwing or Robin was like, the, I, I thought the whole, you know, one of the things that really set apart Fat Man from Robin or Nightwing was that, you know, Nightwing was a natural born leader. You know, it was like, it was always like that thing of he was the, like, the Reed Richards of the Titans that was the hardest to take down for Deathstroke. You know, he, he's the guy who, when, when Batman and the Outsiders teamed up with the new Teen Titans, Batman turned to Dick Grayson and said, you know what, you have a better gift for this than I do. You coordinate both our teams. You're he was better actually at... nice. He wasn't a dick. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he, he actually, he says, you're better <laughs> at this than I am. Whereas, like, I don't know, like, you know, these days, you know, whether it's like Bat God, you know, Morrison, Batman or whatever, you know, from the JLA, you know, you just always get this like, I'm Batman. I have a plan for a plan for a plan within a plan within a plan from a plan that if it goes wrong, there's a plan within a plan. Wrapped and in a taco. A, you know, wrapped yeah. in a taco with another plan. You know, yeah, you're just like, like, I, I ate a taco wait. three days ago, but I yeah. had Beano five days ago, so I won't have gas three hours later. Yeah, it's like, wait, what? Like, you know, I don't know. Like, sometimes that stuff kind of goes crazy. To me. So, like, that, that I kind of, like, it, I, I guess, I guess uh, you know, another way I can kind of, like, encapsulate, you know, my time. You know, it's like I used to love some of that stuff about Batman where it's like, you know, I, I dig the fan appreciation for it. Like, I used to, you know, for me, like, you're talking about, like, the old Batman movies, you know, whether it's, like, Schumacher or whatever. But there's that scene where he... You know, like, you know, the vault comes out and he latches the vault onto the helicopter and the vault, you know, seamlessly, you know, just swings right back into the, you know, the building where it left and the security guard <laughs> coughs and everything. And it's supposed to be like a funny scene. But to me, I was I was in full bat fan aura mode back then where I was like, dude, he planned that. He planned that. He knew it. He calculated the geometry. He totally knew it was going to do that. Yeah. You know, but at this point, like, I'm kind of like over that kind of scene because it's like I'm kind of sick of it. You know, it's like I, I kind of have seen it done to death. And I, I just kind of like, dude, he's not that perfect all the time. And, you know, like, you know, it's just one of those things where I kind of got over it. And then, you know, I guess the same could be said true of uh of Wolverine, you know, like, it's like, I like when he fights ninjas, but I don't like when ninjas beat the shit out of the X-Men, you know, or, or, yeah. or, you know, things like that. So that, like, that kind of stuff always drives me up a wall, you know, like, I guess I, I think Mike mentioned it, you know, in terms of like the, the guys that are writing X-Force, you know, the, there was some interview where he said he appreciated the fact that, you know, they mentioned, you know, look, Wolverine's the leader here and he's in charge and he gets to do some cool things, but there's some levels of threats where it's like, look, you know, if Apocalypse bitch slaps Wolverine, you know, he's not going to get up from that. You know, like there's just some stuff yeah. where, you know, he can't he can't hang with these other guys. You know, it's like I kind of remember to me, I remember the quote unquote good old days where, you know, before Batman had a plan within a plan within a plan and was always, you know, the guy who was, you know, saving the day in every fucking episode of Justice League. I kind of remember, you know, in Crisis on Infinite Earths when, you know, the Spectres beating the shit out of the Anti-Monitor and all these other guys who could actually, like, fly and actually do something were all trying to do shit, you know, and there's, like, a cool little scene where Jason Todd's kind of like, well, what the fuck do we do, Batman? And then basically Batman's like, yeah, well, we just sit here and fucking pray because we can't do shit, you know, and it's kind of like, that's, that's kind of like, you know, to me, I'm like, well, you got to kind of acknowledge that at some point. Like, there's some shit Batman can't do. I think if if Crisis like that was written these days, it'd be like, oh, Batman has a plan for an anti-monitor, anti-shark spray up his, you know, bat belt or something. And <laughs> like, come on, dude. 
you know. I got I got one question. I got two questions for you. Actually, one about Batman, one about Wolverine. I'll go with Batman first. I know you're a big fan of Superman, and I know I don't know if you coined it, but I know you used the uh, phrase Superman a lot. Did it also kind of annoy you the fact that in like the DCU uh, DC uh, animated series, a lot of the times that Superman got supermanded was so Batman could look cool. You know what's funny? I, I just think like people took Superman for granted. And I, I think that's everybody's fault, you know, like for whatever it is, like whether it's the iconography he represents or whatever. But like because because even me, like I remember, you know, you read like the authority and the pastiches of guys and it's like Apollo and Midnighter. And I remember kind of giggling that, uh, you know, when they had uh, what's his nuts come in and, and kill all the authority. Uh, what was his name? It was like this uh, hick guy or whatever. I can't remember. Oh yeah, I, I but, remember the. I remember you know, talking about. But, but yeah, basically, yeah. he comes in and he. I think his name was like Seth or something. I can't remember, but it was some you know like hick guy in a bunch of armor and stuff. And basically, he was owning all the authority. But of course, you know, even even Apollo, the Superman pastiche. So like, even Superman, quote unquote, got supermanded and owned. You know, but who who owns him? Midnighter. Who owns yeah. him? The Batman, basically, you know, and so like at that point in time, I was kind of like yucking it up because I'm like, dude, see, Batman's the man, you know, and I was all happy about it. But like these days now, I'm just kind of like, you know, like I kind of hate that stuff. you like, I'm like, I had enough of that. So, but yeah, yeah you know, it's like I, I think that's the point of, I guess, overexposure or whatever. It's kind of like it, it's not to say like, oh, Batman and Wolverine suck and I hate them. It's like ice cream or candy or whatever. You know, it's like you might love candy. But it's like, dude, you know, somebody sticks like 20 bags down in front of you and force feeds you your favorite candy for the next uh, <laughs> 24 hours. And then you vomit it. And while you're vomiting, they still put it down your mouth. It's like eventually you're going to have a little uh, disdain for the whole whole thing. <laughs> so. yeah, it, uh, I, I think the other thing I was going to ask you was uh, is about Wolverine. Um, <clears throat> uh, Wolverine has not been around actually that long if you go by, <clears throat> you know, other characters who've been around longer and one of the things they used to do in the x-men i don't know if they still do it but they used to talk about the 12 and stuff and i always remember that they always throw up like you know oh cyclops is probably one of the 12 professor x is probably one of the 12 and like storm is one of the 12 and the and living like, monolith totally random <laughs> is one yeah, of the 12. yeah but like all these characters who are like supposed to be like you know big players in the mutant game, you know, apocalypse, I think is one of the 12, you know, they're always like, these guys are like the big guys. These are the guys you like have to keep an eye on. But somehow Wolverine just jumps in. is like, Oh, I am so much better than Cyclops. And it's just like, huh? You know, it's like, do you just cause you sell books, you like get to, cause I mean, I know you and Mike both just like me are big Cyclops fans. Isn't it kind of like annoy you when they do that? Just like, no, this previous shit where Cyclops is important doesn't matter, you know? Well, you know you know what's funny is, you know, if somebody actually stopped and took the time to, you know, figure out a way to, uh, I don't know what the way to delicately put this is, but if you want to derail Cyclops and Superman so Batman and Wolverine can take a center stage, it's like, you know, I, I just wish there was a more delicate way that they could do those things, you know, like, it's like, oh, okay, Cyclops' girlfriend died. Okay, fine. Like, if you want to have him, you know, cry and go off camera and go live in a shack somewhere and let Wolverine take over, well, okay, fine. But, you know, it's like, what do they do? They they kill him off in the movies or, you know, or, or you know, to me, the ultimate indignity in Wolverine and the X-Men is they bring him back on the team, but he's not the fucking leader. You know, and I was like, what's... 
Yeah. You know, like, why even have him on the fucking show? You know, like, I, I don't know. Some stuff like that, like, I just don't understand, you know. Yeah, that's cool. I understand. <clears throat> I didn't want to go too, too into detail with it with you, but, I mean, both those questions were kind of on my mind. I'm like, they kind of bugged me, so I want to ask you those. Um, yeah, we will move along, though. Uh, I'm going to kind of keep going in the circle. I'm going to go with you, Justin. Uh, you may have the same <laughs> people. I'm not sure. But uh, who's somebody who's just overrated and you're, again, you're just like, what the fuck? Why is he? Damn overrated? you, Jack of Hearts. You're in too many <laughs> Thankfully, we don't have the Jack of Hearts problem. Thankfully, he's dead <laughs> and will always stay dead, I hope and pray. <laughs> um, he'll be for an issue and he'll blow As up. do we all. <laughs> um, I, I pretty much agree with like everything Derek has said about Batman and Wolverine and um I've never really been like a huge Wolverine fan. Like um, I remember, like growing up and being kids, and like we we, we all loved the the Wolverine. You're not not the Wolverine cartoon crap. They've even got me saying it now. <laughs> the Wolverine cartoon. Yeah. They've Damn gotten to you. you. Um, the uh, '90s X-Men cartoon. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the '90s X-Men cartoon was like huge with me and all my friends. So whenever we were waiting for school to start. We, like they made us sit in the gym and wait for like a half hour for school to start. Like all the kids who had to ride the bus, but we would always play X Men to pass the time. And I was never ever Wolverine. I was usually Magneto. And whoever was Wolverine, I would like I'm like okay, I'm Magneto, and I'm lifting you in the air, and I'm keeping you there, and now I'm gonna take on you know Colossus, and I'm just like I'm taking out everybody. So I've never really been a big Wolverine fan, but I. Pretty much agree with what Derek I'm, I'm said. I'm Magneto, and I'm making you stick your claws up your own butt. <laughs> <laughs> you are master of magnet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember, you know, I, I ended up getting drunk in a bar one night. And, like, this was right after, I think, uh, X-Men 113 came out. So it was, like, right before the Morrison run started. And, there, you know, it was just like a filler thing where they basically brought back Magneto. So, like, I think in the first issue of that arc, I was all excited because Magneto, like, owned the Neo, which were, like, the big new big bads. And I thought they were stupid. So, like, I was happy to see Magneto, like, rip him in half and everything. And then they had Cyclops doing some cool things. You know, he was teamed up with Wolverine, but he was doing some cool, like, ricochet, you know, geometric you know optic blast where he's like check it out i took out two guys from you know behind like 12 corners like i'm awesome it's like yeah good one summers you know i'm gonna sniff some stuff or whatever <laughs> you know and they're, they're they're doing their thing and i was like kind of into it but you know by the end of it you know it's like wolverine stabs um magneto you know at the time when you're reading it, it looked like he stabbed them to death. But I guess, you know, in the Morrison run, he's all, you know, bandaged and still on Genosha recovering from Wolverine's fucking what looked like a fatal stabbery um, on his his half. Um, but, yeah, I just kept reenacting that scene, you know, drunk in a bar, you know, and my, my friend always loved that because it, like, it was one of his favorite times where he would be like, you were crazy that night because it's like we were playing darts and I was going back and forth. But like I kept I kept going, look, look, I'm Magneto. And I kept like pointing my fist to my chest as if I was, you know, getting stabbed by Wolverine's claws, you know, and then I guess somebody was trying to have a conversation. And I just he the way he imitated me getting upset with them trying to have their conversation while I was in this sort of repetitive mode of telling the Wolverine story over and over again. was kind of funny where I was just kind of like, 
I'm Magneto. Look at me. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like fuck your conversation. Like this is way more important. But I remember just being kind of appalled that like, you know, somebody like Magneto, and I think they eventually ended up doing it in like Ultimate X Men too, or like Colossus, and you know, guys that were metal were like, you know, beating up Magneto, and I just kind of went. Like, something's wrong with that. Like, something about that just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, it's another one of those, like, funny, like, Peter David stories where he's, like, sitting in with, like, the X-Men, like, creators and stuff. And they're talking about, like, oh, we got to do a big event for, you know, like, the this anniversary issue. And they're like, oh, we're going to have, like, an epic fight between Wolverine and Magneto. And Peter David's, like, the only, like, voice of reason in the room. And he's like, that fight takes like two seconds you know magneto would just like yeah. uh, you know rip out the metal from wolverine's skeleton and like everyone like in the room looked at him and he was like oh no don't no wait wait forget i said that stop stop you know and he was like but it was too late do you want wolverine to have no nose again shit <laughs> uh what yeah. i wanted to do was like share my favorite like anti-fan or wolverine and uh batman moments like, my favorite anti-Wolverine moment, like, from recent memory at least, is, like, from issue one or two of Avengers' Children Crusade. And it's the part where, like, the Avengers and the X-Men are arguing over, like, you know, Scarlet Witch or whatever. And, like, basically Wonder Man just punches the crap out of Wolverine, knocks him through a wall. <laughs> I'm like, and that's awesome. Like, that's exactly how that would go down. Like, Wolverine can't go toe-to-toe with Wonder Man. Like, Wonder Man's pretty tough. Like, he's... He's very underrated these days. I'm like, that's no, I, exactly. I like when like they had him do stuff like that, and I think there was like some random panel in like Infinity War where like the same thing happened, and I'm like, see, that's what should fucking happen. <laughs> you know? I think it was like a later issue too, where like Iron um, Iron Lad shows up and pretty much just blasts Wolverine all the hell. I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, there was also an issue of like, and this is funny because it's this is like, you know, what me and Derek say is like the origin of the Bat God, but like. During the Morrison run of JLA, like they did this arc where they're they're in the future and Dark Side has took over the Earth or whatnot, and basically the only Justice League members left to like face Dark Side are Batman, the Atom, and Green Arrow. So I'm like, okay, Batman's obviously gonna win somehow. He's got all these plans with plans, so okay, whatever. But like he throws some you know batarangs at Dark Side. They don't do anything. Darkseid vaporizes Batman with his Omega Beams, <laughs> and then, like, it's the Atom and Green Arrow who take down Darkseid, and, you know, the Atom's like, hey, you know what? I just realized you've got a, a force field, Darkseid, but you know what gets through your force field? Light. So Green Arrow shoots off a light arrow. The Atom, you know, rides those light waves. He goes into Darkseid's brain and fries his brain. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's exactly what would happen. Yeah, I don't, the, just if people want to watch uh, or watch to, to read some more uh, uh, Wolverine humiliation, uh, I recommend anything that Garth Ennis writes, especially when Wolverine's not the lead character, because like <laughs> Punisher uh, 16 and 17, where he goes up against Wolverine, is pretty hilarious, where he's always, you know, running around going like, oh, I'm the old knucklehead, and like basically like, you know, Punisher steamrolls him, he blows off his balls with a shotgun, like uh, he does all kinds of like terrible, horrible stuff to him that kind of makes me laugh my ass off, and then of course, uh, Confederacy of Dunces, which is like 
one of the last arcs. It kind of makes like almost everybody who's a superhero look stupid. So I guess if you if you get your if you get butt hurt over Spider Man and Daredevil and the Hulk looking like retards, you might not like it. But Wolverine especially is on the low totem pole of of of, <laughs> of looking stupid in that. So like you know my favorite moment, which is what I coined the 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 what train. It's like basically Wolverine like gets punched by the Hulk. Because, you know, Punisher sets all this stuff up for the Hulk to, uh, you know, be unleashed on this confederacy of dunces, basically, that are trying to hunt him down. It's like Daredevil's basically the only one with half a brain, which is kind of how I think it would be. And then, uh, you know, everybody else kind of looks kind of stupid for the most part. But, um, um, you know, basically, since Hulk punches Wolverine into, like, the next state or whatever, he's he's getting on a train. And he's like, oh, the old Knucklehead's not going to take this. The old Knucklehead's going to get back to New York and lay some smack down. And he's like, the old Knucklehead, when he gets there, and like, there's this, like, you know, prim and proper guy. He's like, um, excuse me, sir, you're, you're trying to go to New York, you know? And he's like, yeah, the old Knucklehead's going to go to New York and lay some smack down. You know, and he's basically like, sir, you're, you're on the wrong train. And he's like, what? <laughs> and it's just basically like he's traveling in the wrong fucking direction. He's like going to the West Coast or some shit. And I'm like, see, you got fucking pwned, Wolverine. The old Knucklehead never learned how to read. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. And, you know, on, on top of that, like, I, I do like Lobo, too. But if you guys have ever read... Um, the hitman Lobo that, that I think it's called like that angry bastard or something or whatever. Like that's basically like the same thing, but with Lobo and it's like hitman just makes Lobo look like the biggest dumbass in the world. Like, so if you've never read that, like, and you just want to get a good chuckle about, you know, you know, some Wolverine ish type character, you know, where he's basically like, you know, he's like, uh, uh, fragoli, like oh, this fragger frag the frag, you know, like <laughs> every other word out of Lobo's mouth is fucking frag, and he's like, I can't believe this fragger did the frag and fragola frag, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. And basically, like Hitman, like shoots him in both eyes and blinds him. He's like, oh, I can't frag him, believe you fragging did that, you know, and like it's just he makes him look like a total idiot, and it's like the funniest thing you'll ever read. So always good. That's cool. <laughs> Anytime Wolverine or Lobo or any of these guys look bad, it's it's, it's always good tabs, good tabs. Um, I guess I'll go next because I may actually choose someone who, a, a lot of fan holes listeners will probably give me shit about, and b, Mike might even give me shit about. Maybe I don't know. He might be on my side. My most uh, overrated, hated, popular character is Oddus Fucking Prime, because. <clears throat> I, I, he's he's cool. Don't get me wrong. Like when I saw the nineteen eighty six movie, yes, I was. I, like I said, I don't know if I cried, but I was sad when he died. <clears throat> and yeah, he did kick some ass. But ever since then, it's just every fucking story has to have Optimus Prime. Without Optimus Prime, the Autobots fucking shit themselves, go running <laughs> into corners, can't do anything. <laughs> and I'm just like the fuck man i mean like rodimus steps up every once in a while but even rodimus at some point he's like this burden is too hard to bear here scourge oh i got it back i'm good oh Optimus prize back with that hey plague but uh it's just i mean yeah i'm, I'm kind of a big proponent of uh rodimus prime so i yeah. was i was kind of unhappy to see all that sort of undone you know they had a lot of character development and then he just kind of comes back and then it's like oh back to being hot rod 
you know, for like yeah. no real reason, you know, kind of basically. And uh, yeah, I, I, I remember actually the, 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 this might go into like old, old stuff, but one of the first uh, flame wars and posts that I ever got involved in on Botox was, you know, some kind of Rodimus Prime thread or Hot Rod thread or whatever. And I was, you know, defending him, you know, and basically some of my arguments, though, were like, you know, it's the same thing. I always joke about Optimus Prime. I'm like, people are like, well, you know, you know, I think the, the, the thing was they're saying, well, Rodimus Prime's not that great a leader. And I was kind of like, well, what did Optimus Prime do exactly? They've been fighting for 400, you know, million years or whatever it is, 4 million years. They, they, they did not lock up Megatron. Every time you think Megatron is dead, he comes back. And basically, Optimus is never the one who kills him. You know, it's like, they, you know, I always laugh about the, you know, what is it, the end of heavy metal where they all dump him in the, you know, the lava. I'm like, what? You couldn't fucking stand around the fucking lava that's right outside the arc for five fucking minutes to see the asshole pop his head up and go, I shall be avenged! And then just shoot him in the fucking head? Like, you know, like, I mean, what kind well, of thing like, is that? Even in more than meets the eye, he's like, you know, oh, there's something because of boarding. What are we going to do? I'm going to crash the fucking ship, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> It's like well, it's that's like the deleted scene at the end of Heavy Metal War uh, when like when he does that and you hear like someone like at the top of the graphics goes there he is again and you see like a bunch of like lasers and missiles all flying into the <laughs> yeah, crevices. I, want, I want that alternate ending instead. Well, I, I think what really kind of killed Optimus Prime for me as far as his overexposure was the three Transformers movies. I will not go into Michael Bay. I will not go into ooh, I hate these movies, but I will say. Dear fucking Lord, if nothing showed you how much like the Autobots are useless on Optimus Prime, it's Transformers 3. Four fucking times in that movie, the Autobots do something, and in two minutes they're like, oh shit, what are we doing? I don't know, what's going to happen? Oh, there's Optimus Prime, he's going to kick some ass? Seriously, it's like, they cannot do shit without this man. Or robots, excuse me. I, I was actually thinking, too, of All Hail Megatron, where they sit on their fucking hands for ten fucking issues <laughs> while, like, you know, Earth is getting destroyed, and they're just like, we've heard yeah, nothing, we can't do shit. And then when Optimus Prime gets back, oh, let's do shit now, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I understand he's the leader. I understand it's good to have, like, a strong leader. But you know what? You got motherfuckers who can fight. You, you got your cups. You got your Springers. Springers good enough for the Wreckers, not good enough to lead the Autobots? Yeah, bullshit. <clears throat> you got your Rodimus Prime. You know, Rodimus, his whole arc is becoming a leader. And just for them to always be like, you know, like, seriously, Bumblebee stubs his fucking toe and he's like, the primary here, my toe wouldn't have got stubbed, you know? And it's just... Oh, it's just so much is put upon him. And I understand his marketing. I know Optimus Prime is... The guy who sells toys, and I know he's, I mean, I understand all the, like, nuances of, you know, selling a uh, a name. You know, he is the main guy. But I just, as far as storytelling, I just wish sometimes they have a little bit of balls and be like, fuck it, hey, Rodimus, run with it. Springer, run with it. Just somebody else. And it's just, oh, just, it, it's infuriating it's on a, uh, I wouldn't say a fanboy level. It's infuriating on a storytelling level. It's like, there's a lot of Autobots who can fight they would not be useless without this guy. You know, just move the story along. He can come back at some point, but just show the Autobots are not useless without him. So, 
But anyway, yes, that's my, and it's not even most hated. It's just the most overrated. It's like without Prime, the world is lost. Fuck that. Get some, get some leadership. Anyway, um, but yeah, I can't tell I'm not mad about that or anything. Um, moving along to uh, Mike, who's your most overrated or uh, hated popular character? Well, clearly, I'm going to have to go with Wolverine. Um, I agree with everything that Justin and you and Derek have said so far. I'd also like to say, like, I guess, like, you know, for Batman, his sort of, like, fan aura has, has like, uh, manifested in his, like, as Derek put it, like, super plan within a plan within a plan within a plan, his, his, like, his bat godness. Prep time type yeah, stuff. and I'd say Wolverine's equivalent is his healing factor. Cause, yeah, because like, definitely, is, it, yeah, it definitely has grown in leaps and bounds from where I, it originally yeah, was. I, I always I always like call back to a part uh, in the in the original uh, Proteus arc with Chris Claremont and you know John Byrne's original like Proteus story where uh, Wolverine's climbing the mountain and Proteus is like flying up after him and like Proteus knocks him off the mountain and he's like falling off the mountain and it cuts to Cyclops and Colossus on the ground and like you know uh, you know Colossus is like oh my little Tavarish Wolverine you know and and uh, Cyclops. <laughs> And Cyclops, like, basically says, oh, crap, you know, Wolverine, even Wolverine can't survive a fall from that height, you know? And, like, Cyclops has to, like, shoot, like, all these optic blasts at Wolverine that, like, you know, hit him in the ass and stuff and, like, slow his fall until he, like, you know, you know smiling the whole him. time. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I always loved that scene. But, like, you know, nowadays, you know, Wolverine would just fall to the friggin' bottom of the mountain and then two minutes later he'd be back up and he'd be like, you know, you can't get rid of the old head that easily, you know? But... Yeah, or, like, you know, this mountain. <laughs> I, I always think of, like, the original Wolverine miniseries, you know, where it's, like, Shingen, like, he was gonna kick his ass with a wooden you know, basically a practice blade, and he can kill him with it. You know, it's like, oh, all I have to do is cut off your windpipe, you stupid animal, and you're dead. You know, and it's supposed to be like, you know, like basically like, yeah, uh, you know, Mariko doesn't know what's going on, you know, totally. You know, it's like she's just seeing like some kind of practice fight or whatever. But in the meantime, he's using all his skill to like deftly, you know, assault him to the, you know, the killing point with this this wooden stick. And it's like, to me, I'm always like, dude, if you can kill Wolverine by closing his windpipe with a wooden stick, you know, that's, you know, the, I don't know, like some of the stuff where, you know, later on, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, Wolverine's burning in a supernova with Phoenix and heals back yeah. from, or, or, you know, the stuff like in civil war where like he hunts down, uh, uh, what's his nuts? Uh, Nitro. Nitro, you know, and it's like, oh, basically he's like a skeleton, you know, and it's like he grows back from one drop of uh, flesh or whatever, and you're just kind of like, come on, dude, this is this is fucking insane, you know, like, it's well, just like... You know, it, it's it, sad they even do it in the movies, though. It's like <clears throat> in X-Men uh, United, he takes a fucking bullet, a regular bullet, no animantium, just a cop's bullet to the brain, and knocks his fucking ass out, you know, for a good few minutes. And then in X3... He is being assaulted by the Phoenix Force, and he just gets some minor boo-boos. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they... he has indestructible leather pants. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, see, the problem is they changed it from, like, basically they changed it from him having fast healing to then him having rapid healing to, like, nowadays it must be, like, instant healing because, you know, yeah, it's, it's like, like it's it like seems... Now, now it's at the point where he... Well, I, I remember, you know, I, I know if you get into technical Wolverine fanboy love, uh, they will tell you, uh, at least this is this is what you will be told. You'll be told that his original adamantium skeleton wasn't, like, fused. You know, basically, like, the, I think the point was, if he didn't have his adamantium skeleton on, he should have that rapid healing. But because he was bonded with adamantium, it's constantly, you know, basically hurting him. So his body is overcompensating. So he only had the you know, basically enhanced healing factor as he used to have, like in the regular comics, right? But once it got removed, that was when his healing factor was supposed to go apeshit. And then supposedly now that he has, you know, that second skeleton, you know, from Apocalypse, or, you know, when he got it back that time. Is it like super overdrive now? Supposedly, like, that, that skeleton was fused better than the original one was, so it's not supposed to be as big a problem. I guess... Technically, that's that's probably like the the rationale and the reasoning behind it. But to me, I'm always just kind of like it. Just you know, to me, it smacks of like retconism and you know bullshit. But the thing that I never got was like I always poked fun at like things like I, I remember reading an Ultimate X Men issue and like Wolverine was locked in an adamantium cage, and I went, okay, that makes sense. He can't break out of it because it's made of the same metal, you know, that he's bonded to, so he can't. He can't break, you know, he can't use his claws to break out of this cage. Okay, but yet then they send, like, a Scud missile after him, and, like, the Scud missile blows up the cage. And I'm just kind of like, but if the (laughs) missile can blow up the cage, then the missile should be able to blow him up, right? But somehow it doesn't, because he's got the adamantium, and he's got a healing factor. So, like, I, I don't know, I just, you know, sometimes, like, the logic, you know, and stuff, it's like, I don't like to dwell on stuff like that too much, and, like, you know, analyze it to death. But to me, I just kind of, like, if I see something that I think is bullshitty, I just kind of call it, and, you know, I'm not going to hyper-analyze it, but, you know, it's just one of those things where you're like, hey, you know, like, this is silly. My favorite superhero is Wolverine. Wolverine had the claws, but he also had the healing factor, so any bullet or scratch that came his way to instantly heal up. But did Wolverine also have an emotional healing factor? And did Wolverine ever walk in on his girlfriend cheating on her and be like, no, over it? <laughs> I think that might have taken place in some reality. A little, a little consistency is always good. It was like, to me, I mean, and you know, I, I mean, I'll let you talk in, Mike. I mean, this is your uh, round to talk. But, I, you know, my thing is, it's like, I would like Wolverine more if he got, like, you know, stabbed in the gut or whatever. And he was out for a couple pages, like, healing. You know, that make him more of a badass, having to deal with pain and stuff, instead of, like, oh, you stab the old knucklehead through the gut with a sword, do it three more times, and maybe I'll feel it, you know? Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons I like Uncanny X-Force a lot, is Wolverine takes a beating, and he's not always like, oh, I took a beating from Apocalypse, down for round O2, but... Usually he gets beat up and he's like, "Give me a second, kid." He's like, "I don't have any skin. I need to regenerate." Yeah, like, yeah. When like when genocide like scorched half of him, he was down for a good like two issues or yeah. so. Yeah. So yeah. That's like cool. I, I yeah, yeah I'm not I'm not like one of those guys where like I hate Wolverine. He needs to die. It's just like, dude, if somebody like that you know does a number on him, you know, you want to see the, you know, the the result or the after effect of it. You know. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's. I've always gone with the 
nigh invulnerable. <clears throat> nigh meaning that, yeah, he's really hard to kill, but he fucking can get hurt, you know? Well, but even then, I don't, I don't think, I think that's part of the problem. I think a lot of people do treat him as invulnerable or even nigh invulnerable, where I think that's not the point. He was never invulnerable. It's like the whole point is supposed to be if you if you hit Wolverine with a fucking metal hammer in the head, it fucking shatters his head except for the fucking skeleton. And then yeah. all that shit grows back. So he's in fucking immense pain for, you know, a half an hour while his fucking the big gash in his head is eating. You know, like <laughs> yeah, know. it was yeah, never he's, he's not was, talking right. He's it like, was never, it was never intended to be, uh, 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 you know, Superman, Wonder Man, whatever type thing where, you know, a hammer hits him in the head and he just goes, ha ha, that tickles. And that's it. You know, like it's like I, I always liked it better when it's like, does it hurt when you pop your claws? Yes, they hurt every time. Every time I pop my claws, it hurts me. Like, so if that's the case, it's like, you know, I don't know. Back in the old days, he even said that. Yeah, so. I was going to, I was just going to add one more thing, and that's like, basically, I think Derek kind of touched on this, but just basically, like, how Wolverine's overexposure and his, like, popularity, basically, like, the only thing that qualifies him for, like, being an Avenger, being, like, you know, the, like, having, like, his own X-Men book or having his own cartoon is his popularity. Like, there yeah. are dozens and dozens of X-Men characters that would fill those shoes better than he would. Like, you know, I mean, Iceman, you know, uh, Iceman, Storm, they, they, like, I'm cool with Storm being an Avenger because she deserves to be an Avenger, but, you know, even, like, someone like Iceman... Or, you know, Angel before he went, you know, all archangel and stuff. But, you know, I, I'd take them as Avengers over Wolverine, basically. Yeah, well, always, no, it's like guys like up. Beast, you know, like he's been a yeah. long-standing Avenger. So it's like, it's not like, you know, but it's like, I don't know. Yeah, like I, it, it's kind of like, you know, that, that thing they tried to do where they tried to explain like, oh, dude, he's slowly killing himself because he's on 200 fucking teams. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, oh, well, uh, it's, it has nothing to do with sales or popularity or anything like that. Yeah, it's like, um, another perfect example is like X-Men Evolution, which wasn't a bad show, don't get me wrong. I mean, it was a lot better than Wolverine X-Men, but for some reason they cast Wolverine as a mentor over Scott Summers, who's like 17 and Wolverine's like 35 in it. Well, but in that, at least to me, I'm like, at least those kids got to take the center stage. Like, I, yeah. I kind of liked that Wolverine was in the backdrop. Do you know what I mean? Cause yeah, Wolverine, I said it wasn't as bad. Yeah, it wasn't. You know, I know I know there are people that freak out. We're like, you turn the X-Men into a bunch of kids. They don't need to go to high school. Blah. <laughs> but to me, I was always kind of like, well, you know what? Wolverine, at least, is not at the forefront. It's not like every episode was about Wolverine. He was there in the background. There was one episode where he fought Sabretooth. And when Magneto showed up, he fucking swatted him around back and forth on the fucking Blackbird. And I'm like, okay, this is good. Like, it's not like he's, you know, I don't know. It, to me, that that was not an example of Wolverine being overexposed. I was happy with the exposure he had on that show. You know, he was there. He got to have his little fan aura moment where he went one-on-one -on -one with Sabretooth, as it should be. But, you know, like, as far as, like, you know, like Wolverine and the X-Men, where he's, like, every fucking episode. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the thing me and my, my buddy always laughed about where he he, he uh, always laughed about the, the new Batman adventures where basically they added Batgirl to the cast. 
And so uh, he would he would always laugh about the wizard interview because they're like the wizard guys like, oh, great. So, you know, Batgirl's going to get more exposure like that's that's neat. So um, so she's going to be in a couple episodes. She's going to guest star in a couple episodes. And they're kind of like, um, no, she's in every episode. And they were kind of like, uh, uh, huh? <laughs> oh, she's going to be this in called Batman. <laughs> she's like, she's going to be in every episode. That's oh, OK, that's. That's great, I guess. You know, it's just like one of those things where you're like, whoa, that's, you know, like, kind of like, all right. Pretty much like Wolverine on the train. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, it's like, all right. Yeah, so I, I guess you guys could tell uh, Wolverine and Batman, <laughs> we're, we're not tired of them. We just like them to fit in their, their kind of place where they should be. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just real quick, honorable mention, Goku! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. kind of hits the Optimus Prime levels. We can't do shit without Goku. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? Um, when when they get ready to do this Avengers versus X Men crossover, like it would be great, and it would be breaking the fourth wall. But it would be great if Scarlet Witch shows up and looks at Wolverine, and she's like, "No more fan aura," and then he's like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> Too many Wolverines." <laughs> <laughs> There's only be one X twenty. Scarlet Witch like makes two Wolverines so they can one can be on the X Men and one can be on the Avengers. Wolverine, Wolverine blue and Wolverine yellow. <laughs> or Wolverine brown. I always like the brown costume. I don't know. That's just me. Oh, um, I know. Sorry, fanboy. Hey, I used to like Wolverine. I used to think Wolverine was cool, but no, like... I I think most of this stems for me. It stems from a you know, like I said, a love hate thing. It stems from a place of love where I I enjoyed the characters and stuff and got into them and everything. But you know, there there's just some points where I was like, all right, I had enough of this, you know, kind of the the, the demonstration of uh, you know, or demonstration. I guess I fucked that up. But anyway, the you know the demonstration <laughs> of uh, of uh, you know their their sort of. I guess fan aura, for lack of a better term. <laughs> to, to use an example Justin used when we talked about, uh, I think, what ifs, uh, we don't want Wolverine killing the Silver Surfer. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or breaking his arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just that Black bad, Panther. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a level these people should be at, you know. It's like, you know, I mean, and, and it's not like, you know, anger, it's just. Batman shouldn't be able to dodge Darkseid's fucking Omega effect, for Christ's sakes, for example. But anyway, we shall move on, because we could probably get on this all night. That's that's the only bad thing about negative topics. Sometimes it's too easy to get into them. But, uh, yeah, you can tell who we're fans of, who we're not fans of. Um, and the ones we aren't fans of, it's not because of how they've been treated. It's just how they're overexposed and how they have been overtreated, if that's a word. But anyway, moving on. I was lucky enough to have had the success with Spider-Man and now Spawn, that I had, you know, some money in the bank that I could then go, ah, oh, you know, and instead of going buy a fancy car and, and, and sort of goofy stuff, I, I just put it in, into companies and my own, and, and we made some plastic goods. Um, next thing is toys. You haven't talked about toys in a while. I'm kind of excited about this because it's actually a topic I'm pretty well versed in, too, because I did get a bunch of these fuckers in the early days, and I'm still pretty aware of what they are releasing now. Uh, McFarlane Toys. If you don't know who Tom McFarlane is, I'm kind of not surprised, really, because he hasn't been that much in the spotlight lately. He does do a comic called Spawn, 
which I don't even know if he writes anymore. I know he quit drawing it a long time ago, but uh, I know I know it's supposed to be because it was like it was on a time delay, like where it wasn't coming out on time. But I think like now it's supposed to be like you know almost like bi-monthly or something where there's supposed to be like double the amount of issues or whatever. I know he's still involved in like the plotting and stuff like that. The last time I remember looking at it, like Willis uh, Portacio was doing the art on it, so that was probably a while ago. Um, oh, he gave but, up on his uh, boy, Greg Capullo? Well, Greg is now doing uh, one of the Batman books. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. And I don't know what... I he, I think he did something else, because he, he, he hasn't been on Spawn for a while. I mean, for a, I mean, I, I know... I Spawn I, forever. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, I know. It's like, it's like for, for a while, it was Todd McFarlane did, like, you know, all the stuff on it. You know, the inking, the, the art, and the writing, and all that stuff. And then, eventually, he just was doing, like, the, the, the writing, and then the inks on Greg Capello's art. And then, eventually, I think, it got to the point where he was just kind of doing, like, the plotting and stuff. And I think he's still involved in that. He worked on a book with... Uh, with Robert Kirkman called Haunt, which I really like. And, uh, and I think Greg Capello was doing some of the art on that too. Um, and, uh, I know he was involved in the inks on the art. Um, yeah, that's, so. that's cause Greg has a really similar style to McFarlane. Somewhat. <clears throat> but yeah, so, I mean, they're, you know, he's, yeah. but yeah, he's, 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 he's a very well-renowned artist. I mean, if you just look him up, <clears throat> he was one of the main guys in the image, uh, subgroup that started off from marvel that started their own uh imprint and his spawn title was one of the big uh releases for that it sold really well for a very long time yeah it's actually one of the longest running image comics i think right now right probably except, except, hundreds, for, except right? for maybe I, I would think savage dragon probably yeah. has a lot of issues too it might even have more issues because yeah but it, eric yeah, larson think... probably puts them out on time but or at least yeah. <laughs> more on time than uh than spawn probably but, um, yeah, but like compared to Youngblood, yeah, Youngblood's got like what yes. nine, nineteen maybe by now, nineteen. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, yeah, he, he's he's yeah, he's still pretty famous. Uh, just not as much in the spotlight now. There's a whole bunch of bullshit with uh, Tony Twist and uh, uh, Tom McFarlane. Uh, Zillion dollar baseball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he uh, was so rich he he could buy some autographed baseballs for way too much fucking money. Um. But yeah, we're not going to talk about that right now. But his fame did lead him to want to create toys. And the thing about his first few waves, they were all right. Nothing really out of the box, except for one thing. They had, they had a really good sense of sculpting. And they had kind of a value for your buck kind of thing. And I really do give him credit for kind of unleashing the idea of <clears throat> you should sculpt really good figures. You should actually... And one of the things that his company did bring us was Four Horsemen. Uh, he had a group of guys called the Four Horsemen who now work for Mattel. And he really put emphasis on making toys look really cool. That's something I've always given him. And I just thought it'd be kind of cool to talk about his imprint, McFarley Toys, which is still going on. And like I said, it's almost 20 years now. He started in like 1994, 95. So, yeah, he's closing in on that. It's definitely like closing in on 15 years at least. Um. But yeah, we're going to talk about uh, McFarlane Toys. I will give my thoughts here a little bit more. I've already given some ideas. But I want to go with... Hmm, I, we've actually gone around the circle, so we're going to go right back to Justin. Uh, what do you think about McFarlane Toys? I, I like them, actually. I'm not a, I've never been a big Spawn guy, but I can remember the first time seeing those uh, 
like the first few waves of those Todd toys or McFarland toys, whatever they were originally called. Like, I remember thinking like, wow, these actually look pretty cool. Even though I don't like Spawn, I'm like, these are these are pretty cool. Like they, there's something that like if I like Spawn, like I would, you know, I wouldn't feel any shame or anything about buying. And you know, it's like you kind of look at those Spawn toys and you look at like maybe some, you know, Marvel action figures from around the same time period, and you're like, well, I don't, this isn't. This Havoc doesn't look so cool now, <laughs> but uh, the line that I really collected was uh, the Movie Maniacs line. I like had a oh, bunch of those. Hey, uh, I did. I didn't mention it, Justin. Why don't you give uh, the listeners a little bit of uh, info on the Movie Maniacs line? Movie Maniacs line was just like a a long running toy line series from McFarlane, where you you basically had like a lot of classic horror characters. It was horror centric. I mean, you had stuff like Terminator, T-1000, but mostly it was like, you know, Freddy, Jason, um, Norman yeah, Bates, I, Michael I, Myers. I, got, uh, I remember from that line, I got Freddy, Jason, and Leatherface. I, like, I, I had most of those guys when they first came out, but I drove myself crazy trying to find the Michael Myers action figure, and I never did find <laughs> it. Like, I, I just eventually, I was like, screw it, I'm never going to find one for less than $40. I'm not paying that much for Michael Myers. But uh, there were some other other cool lines from McFarlane that I liked. Um, I liked the the Simpsons movie line uh, action figures. I've I've still got the uh, Homer and Plopper or Harry Harry Plopper Spider Pig. Harry Plopper. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I really like that. And you know, it's not even an action figure. It's just you know, it's just Homer like tickling Harry Plopper like on you know the Simpsons rug, and it's got like you know some sound clips and stuff. But like I, I really dig that. Um, there are some other really cool Simpsons lines for that, or Simpsons figures that McFarlane put out, and some of the other stuff. Like I've never bought, but I think it's really cool. Like some of those things where it's they they do stuff with like mythology. I remember there was like a Zeus, some kind of Zeus figure, and they had some uh, figures that had like a. I know there's a Dragons line he released. Yeah, like, I had some of those. Like I thought those were really cool. And they had some kind of line of toys that was like Egyptian themed, like some gods and monsters i was like these look pretty cool like i never did buy them i was kind of like went and i was like i i can't really pull the trigger on these but you no know, they're pretty cool um i guess the other line that i really liked and collected a lot of was that um twisted oz series like i'm a big fan of like i had a couple Wizard of those of oz. yeah like i'm a big fan of like oz stuff you know whether it's the original movie or the books or what have you but like, I thought those were really cool, and then, you know, they were pretty twisted. I mean, you had the yeah. cowardly lion, lion with his guts hanging out and, like, a spear in his back, and you're like, whoa, this yeah, isn't your Tin father's Man. cowardly lion. <laughs> you know, the kid uh, was, like, all cyberpunk and stuff. You know, I mean, he had a bunch yeah. of bullets in his forehead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, just look at, <laughs> look at Dorothy. She was, like, in a like a girdle. She was basically, like, a bondage queen. I'm like... Well, this is interesting taking with Dorothy, you know, like she's like she has like these two midgets like whipping her. I'm like, this is pretty interesting. <laughs> it's kind of like that one. Uh, I can't even think of it now because I've never read it. But w- w- like those those uh, grim comics or whatever they call them. I don't know. Yeah. Where they're, they're all, you know, Alice in Wonderland looks like a fucking hooker or whatever it is. You know? <laughs> I, I know uh, Alan Moore did like uh, Lost Girls thing where like the yeah, yeah, but not not like that. This is more no. like uh, you know, kind of like the bad girls era of comics, uh, okay. where everything's kind of you know they're all like pinup queens and yeah. stuff. But it's like, like hey, remember girls. Lady Rawhide? 
Yeah, pretty much. It's like Lady Rawhide, but like Alice in Wonderland or, you know, whatever it, whatever it was. But yeah, the, the Alan Moore thing was a little more, I don't know. That was, Adult, yeah. That was yeah. kind of that was kind of weird, but yeah. kind of like his, his little, uh, you know, uh, fictional pornography stuff. <laughs> it's like this is in uh, Alice in Wonderland's <laughs> BJJ, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's like the porn version of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably the best way to describe it as any. Yeah. Uh, was there any, uh, just, just for, uh, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Was there any like one figure that you really were just like, hell yeah, this is a great figure. Um, I really liked that, uh, Kong figure that McFarlane put out. You know, it's the classic Kong, uh, that it's the classic King Kong where he's, you know, he's in manacles, you know, at the end of the movie, he's on the stage. Like it's not even really an action figure it's just like a display piece but like that was really awesome they also put out like put out um the scene from jaws where like jaws is like eating the boat you know like at the very end like that's a really nice like little diorama like i love that like those are my two favorite like mcfarland toys yeah cool cool um yeah glad you glad you had a lot of love for the uh, movie maniacs even had robocop which i thought was really cool yeah um yeah, lots of good stuff on that. Did, did um, they just have RoboCop? Did they have anybody else like from that series? I don't think so. I don't think they had like Kane or any of the other guys. I think it was just RoboCop. I don't remember. I, I could be wrong, but I think it was just him. Because I know I know they did like a lot of one shots. Like Michael Myers it was just Michael Myers. They didn't have like you know Loomis or anything like that or anything like that. So I, I like I said, I, I could be totally wrong. It'd be totally also if they had a Clarence Boddick figure. Um, <laughs> but uh, what about you, Mike? What's uh do you, you love or hate the McFarlane line? I mean, what do you think about it? I like them. Um, you know, like like you said, they certainly were the pioneers in, like, improving sculpting, like, on toys and stuff. And, like, making things look, you know, more, I guess, realistic, kind of. Or, you know, more gritty and, uh, I don't know, textured, I guess. Uh um, I, I like them. There's a couple, fl- like, common flaws with, like, all the ones I've purchased, basically. Like, some, um, some like, I mentioned this before. Like, I, I got the Arbiter from the recent Halo line that McFarlane did. And, uh, like, his ankles are really, like, weak, and he can't really stand too well unless I pose his ankles kind of weird and, like, you know, pigeon toey, you know, and... Like his 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 sword kind of just kind of dangles loosely from his hand and stuff, and it like you know it, I don't know. It, it seems like you know they put so much effort into sculpting the likenesses that like the functionality kind of suffers sometimes. Form over and, function. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, I, the, I think it's true. Like a lot of people, even when the early toys came out, they always kind of thought of them more as like semi-posable statues than action figures. Was always the the Definitely, criticism yeah. I would I would hear, you know. Yeah. I was gonna say you guys will all agree with this, and the other main flaw that almost all McFarland toys uh, share is that they smell. <laughs> like <laughs> they do, yeah. yeah. The the, the plastic, ones. yeah. It's like it's like, dude, they're they're all stinkor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like well, I don't know what it is. Actually, but... smells good. It smells like black licorice. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know what it is, but you when like basically when like you if open they like paint something in a garage and keep all the doors closed, kind of that smell. Yeah, like when you open a McFarlane toy, you instantly know it's a McFarlane toy because you can smell it like as soon as you open the package. <laughs> it's the uh, smell of Todd's balls. <laughs> <laughs> Essence of Todd's balls. I gotta uh, log out. <laughs> I'm in his baseballs, you freaking... Oh, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, aside from that, though, um, I remember I really liked, like, I never really liked, well, like, you know, I, I knew about Spawn, and, you know, I had friends who were like, oh, you gotta read this Spawn comic, and I was like, no, thank you, you know, <laughs> but um, I'll just stick with my uh, clone. Thank you very much. <laughs> they're, they're like, well, you know, they're, they're like, at that point, they were like, oh, you know, they're not, you know, Spawn's not involved with any of this stupid, you know, clone shit, or, you know, or the stupid X men like you know you have to read a million things to get it shit you know spawns no, awesome just a dude yeah. that hangs out in an alley and makes a throne out of homeless yeah. bums <laughs> yeah he's I awesome say, Mike, I, I don't know if you read the first couple issues but you weren't missing nothing you were, you were <laughs> yeah. Fine. yeah i was just yeah i was just kind of like dang but i'll stick with my you know my clone saga and my x-men and stuff like that thank you but yeah, whatever but uh um like I really like I saw I've seen the action figures I've had like a couple of them I've always thought they were cool and you know I really liked though the manga line like when that first came out like I really do, like that was when I was kind of really big into anime so I was like oh cool like, yeah like manga spawn and I had manga freak and uh manga I don't know there was like another one a uh, manga beast or something it was that purple yeah, it, dog it, it, it thing was like characters yeah. you didn't give a shit about but they looked cool yeah, exactly. Like you were like, oh, manga Saigor or whatever. Like he looks badass. I, I mean, I don't care. I, I don't give a damn about who he is, but he just looks awesome. Was, you know? was Saigor still a monkey? Yes, he He's was. Always a monkey. Okay. <laughs> um, or, or Overt Kill or whatever his name the, was. He looked awesome too. Like not not to interrupt Mike, but that reminds me of another line that they did that I really enjoyed. It was like 3D from Japan or something, and it was like. You had like Tenchi and Ryoyoko oh, and Vash and Tetsuo and Kanida. Like those. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I remember kind of thinking it was neat because because you could he didn't um, Kanida come with his bike. Um, I think. Or did they have I think a bike? That was a box set. set. I think there, yeah, there was a box set. Like uh, I've got okay. Kanida, but I don't think he came with the bike. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, there's a box set with him with his bike, but there's also a, a single pack figure too. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, I remember those. Um, I r- right now I have I have the aforementioned uh, Arbiter figure on my desk, and I also I think it's a McFarlane toy. It looks like one. Um, I I have the Solid Snake from the Metal Gear li- the Metal yeah, Gear yeah, Solid one. Two yeah line on my desk too, which who is okay. Like he's got a great sculpt and everything, but like he's got weight like. He's got great, like, leg articulation, but his arms can only, like, do the Sig Heil and stuff, so it's <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of hard for him to aim his guns or whatever, but... When he shoots you with a pistol, looks good. When he shoots you with a rifle, not so much. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> at least he has a, like, rubbery bandana that can, like, fly in the... You can pretend can, like, you know, like, rustle in the wind and whatever, <laughs> but, yeah... But yeah, overall though, you know, they have their ups and downs like any kind of toy. So, 
I, I think it's one of those lines, and I mean, it's just a random thought. It's like one of those lines where they put out good product consistently, but every once in a while you'll see one toy, you're like, okay, I gotta have that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Derek? We, I'm, I'm gonna go last just because I brought the topic up, so I want to expound upon, upon yeah, my yeah. topic. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I did read Spawn, um, probably like the first 20 issues or so, and then I remember I bought a whole shitload of them later. <laughs> More like, than me, I got in to a, in, a, in, a, in a 25 cent bin or whatever, but, um, but yeah, I was, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie, I bought a bunch of Image Comics, I was fairly into it, I, um, you know, I, I guess I still had what you might call main character-itis, you know, when I bought my action figures for Spawn, um, you know, I bought Spawn, I bought the medieval Spawn, because I, I liked that from the comics and thought it was a cool um, character design, you know, the kind of medieval knight version of Spawn or whatever from the past that fought um, Angela or whatever. Uh, I think his amazing name was Medieval Spawn. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then um, uh, I uh, I also got um, I got Chapel um, and I I it's hard for me to remember everybody because like sometimes I bought guys that were boxed and then I kept them in the box because I didn't want to mess them up and then I ended up just like selling a lot of those back to my comic book store for like credit to buy comics later so like i know i i know i had like i know he did a young blood line and i know he did the max i i had i had some of those things because i know i know i had angela and i remember selling angela back because it was like a rare i don't know it was because it was a girl figure or something i just remember getting a lot in store credit for selling some of those uh boxed spawn figures i had back um, but but I opened some of them. But like like I was saying, to me they were more like you know uh, semi posable statues with like lots of accessories. Um, and then um, as far as alternate McFarland toys lines that don't have anything to do with Spawn, uh, like Justin said, I did get into the movie Maniacs and I bought the I guess the first three or whatever. It was like Freddy. Jason and Leatherface, those were the ones I bought. I, I'm sure there were probably a couple more that, uh, you know, like he was talking about Michael Myers and stuff, but those were the ones that I was kind of into, um, you know, movie-wise that I bought. And then uh, the the other toy line, uh, I bought a black-and-white Marv from Sin City. Oh, yeah, that I, that. I, I, I kind of dug that. And then I was always a big fan of uh, 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 Joseph Michael Linzer's Dawn, um, you know, she's a redhead. She's you know a hot looking chick. And oh, was that his... the one in like the green dress and the armor? Yeah, I bought that yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. So all in all his painting <laughs> stuff. You know, he he kind of did painted art. You know, before uh, Alex. Well, I don't know if it was before, but you know, somebody an alternative to somebody like Alex Ross or whatever. You know, uh, where uh, I, I always thought he did really you know beautiful uh, work and stuff. And I had a couple of his posters of Dawn and stuff like that when I was younger. Um, and so uh, that was that was a, a McFarlane toy that I got, you know, and, you know, like like all the toys that came with like a little base, you know, that kind of was like their background and they had lots of accessories, you know, and Marv had like, you know, a couple different hands, you know, it's like, you know, one had the guy's head that he sawed off, you know, from, uh, you know, Elijah Wood's head, for lack of a better term, <laughs> you know, like things like that. Who you wouldn't had, like, want that? <laughs> yeah, little, little alternative, uh, you know, uh, uh, weapons and like he had a kerosene gas can 
can and things like that. You know, a lot of a lot of effort put into those uh, you know accessories and 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 like they said, sculpting. You know, the the detail on the the trench coat with all the you know bullet holes and and you know kind of you you know you it's seen pattern. You know, you know it's seen better days and stuff like that. Um, I can't say that I I have kept up with any of the you know recent stuff or even stuff i'd say post 90s as far as mcfarland toys goes i know you know there were like you know litters of of different series and everything but that kind of you know what i just said kind of encapsulates my uh you know my history with uh purchasing uh mcfarland toys and stuff like that you know mostly there were things that were pretty and nice to look at but you you know you couldn't really they they weren't really functional you know they i i wouldn't say that they were very much for kids maybe maybe the first series you know i think there was like a spawn mobile or something dumb but you know i think after that you know it's more like just kind of like lower end cheaper price point figures yeah it's kind of cheaper price point statues with extra accessories and stuff like that i I always found it was kind of like you know to me i'm like if i was a little kid you know like back when i was a little kid i would lose fucking you know luke skywalker's one fucking pistol that he had or whatever, you know, it's like, I couldn't imagine, you know, owning that stuff, you know, cause it's like Marv just had tons of fucking crap, you know, a hacksaw, a fucking gun, a fucking kerosene can, like just all kinds of, uh, extra accessories. And like, sometimes when you like display stuff, it's like, you just want to do the one, the one thing, you know, like you want to do like the hacksaw version of them or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, what do you do with all those other heads or, you know all those other hands or not a lot of like a lot of rebel tech figures have that problem you have like yeah, a ton like, of fucking shit yeah you know or, or like those um mega what do they call them mega uh uh svc transformer ones or whatever they are you know they oh yeah, like yeah. They, they, they have like tons of different accessories you know so it's like you know uh, oftentimes i would like take the main figure out of the package just get one of the you know maybe i wanted optimus's axe hand you know on and then that's all I did, and I ended up leaving most of the other stuff in the package, you know, and just leaving it alone. Hey, zip was yeah. tiny Ziploc bags. That's yeah. what I always do. Yeah. Uh, random, random note for all toy manufacturers: follow uh, Bandai. I think it's Bandai. <clears throat> their solo Chogo Ken line. <clears throat> all their figures have a shit ton of accessories, but every single accessory has a base or somewhere you could put every fucking thing. Just letting you know. What, like a little trunk or something? No, it's like either you could show it on the base to display the figure, or it does have like either you can store it inside the figure, or in oh. kind of like a little weapons trunk. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So it's kind of like like just for lack of a better term, like if I had my Chokogin Marv, it's like the kerosene can might like fit in the back of his trench coat or something if yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. want to display it. But if I did, I could just like attach the kerosene can to like his base or something, and it wouldn't like. You know, go anywhere or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say my... Outside, they go about $150 like American without import <laughs> costs, so just say it. <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, my, my Revel Tech Iron Man and uh, Evangelion have a, come with a little, like, clear box, like, that, oh, like cool. with a lid on it that you can, like, throw all their extra hands in, oh, so that's pretty okay. cool. Okay, that's neat. That's much better than just having it lying around anywhere. Yeah, that's much better. Um... I guess it'll go to me now, since I, I, I did suggest this topic. I won't go too much into detail, because I could talk about this for a long time, because I actually do really appreciate what uh, McFarlane did. <clears throat> One of the lines I didn't actually mention earlier, which I don't have a lot of uh, personal experience with, 
but he got really into uh, sports. He did like MLB, he did NFL, he did NASCAR, and I, I think he still does NFL, doesn't he? He did hockey, he did like every major sports line. Well, and, obviously, uh, obviously he likes hockey, so yeah, yeah, he's Canadian, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he did a lot of shit with the sports figures. I don't know if he still has a license or not. I want to say, yeah, I could be wrong, though. I'm not 100% sure on that, because like you guys, kind of got out of McFarlane toys a little bit. Not because I don't like the figures, just as I said before, there's certain figures you see on the line, you're like, oh, that really pops. I saw a Halo figure about six months ago that I really wanted to get, but I'm like, I don't like Halo. I just like this figure. So that I was, was like, pretty, yeah, that was... Off. That was pretty much me with Spawn. I was like, I don't care about the character, but that toy looks awesome, you know? Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. I don't I don't think I would ever have that problem. Like I'm so like I said, I'm so mentally handicapped with character, you know, main characteritis <laughs> or whatever. Like I'd have to like know what it is and, and kinda like be into it to like want a toy of it, I think. Do it. Once a real little take, Jack of Hearts. Yeah, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to know what it is. He's got like exploding head and not exploding head. Hey, well, all all Revel Tech can be like disassembled down to like their component like parts, so you've got exploding action right there, you know. Nice. nice. Exactly. But uh, I mean, like like Mike said, it's like I, I kind of had the same itis, I guess you will, that same disease, like the manga spawn line. I don't even know where these fucking characters came from. The freak. I didn't read shit about him. I'm, I quit reading before you did, Derek. I quit reading at like 14. And I saw him and I'm like... Dude, if you had only stuck around for five more issues, yeah. you'd know who the freak was. I think I'm good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How about no? <laughs> but but I, I, do, I do appreciate looking out. I could pick up issue 19. I'd be totally caught up on him. But, uh, but no, it's like... The sculptors they had, I, I don't know what group of sculptors they have now, but like especially the Four Horsemen, they they, they do DCUC right now. And I think it's kind of uh, interesting because I will bring this up in my awesome thing for the week because I purchased this tonight and it actually supplanted the original awesome thing I had for this week. A figure I picked up, it will be a toy, my awesome thing. I picked it up and it was a Four Horsemen sculpt and it's just so amazing and I'm like very grateful to to the fact that McFarlane brought these guys into the business and he was able to kind of up the, uh, up the park. Cause at, at this time when like McFarlane came out, we had like power of the force, the, the bulky superhero star Wars figures who look kind of like, I don't remember like Luke Skywalker working out on a solo flex before he like, you know, went over to Mos Eisley. <laughs> what? You've never seen those, uh, awesome, uh, paintings. Like that's what I always took it as. I was like, these aren't yeah. like, the real Star Wars figures, they're just, like, based on the, the poster paintings and stuff. Where, like, yeah, Luke has, is totally, like, ripped and he's, like, you know, Leia <laughs> sitting there with the dress and everything. Like, that that's what those look like to me more than... Like, yeah, six-packs and, like, fucking pecs. Yeah. And like, I'm a hero, you know? Like, Frazetta Yeah, kinda. Yeah, everybody, everybody had those buff He-Man, like, even, like, Lando and, and, and Han Solo, you know? They had those <laughs> buff He-chests and stuff, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm a Star Wars bitch. I had a twink, you know? But yeah, like, instead, Lando is definitely not a twink. I was like, damn, Lando, you've been working out. You can sniff space cocaine off my abs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, you know, at that time, it was like, I, I would say the only people who actually, and I actually will give a little bit of a shout out, 
and uh, give credit where credit is due. The only people who had as much detailed uh, figures were probably Playmates with the Ninja Turtles line. I know, right? Where did that come from? But uh, I actually looked on a website. Did, did uh, McFarlane did some Turtles toys too, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he did. Uh, it, this is really fucking weird because it's hard to explain it. I think he did. Well, no, no, actually, no. Playmates did the Jim Lee Turtles, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't do Turtles then. Yeah. Well, but I thought. I hear. I'm one of the stuff now. I thought he did some Turtles I don't toys. I think so. I, I, maybe I, I'm I know, thinking of something else, but I know he did a. I know he did some image figures. I think he did a Savage Dragon one. I think. No, he, I know I, 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 he did. Um, what aren't aren't those like comic accurate ones from McFarlane? Or is that Are you thinking about NECA? Oh, maybe it's the NECA ones. I don't know. It might have been NECA because I know they did some uh, very uh, uh, Eastman and Laird accurate ones. Oh, uh, okay, maybe that's what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but like, yeah, but still, I mean, that that when it came about without McFarlane, I would say. I mean, I could be wrong. I could be just, like, talking on my ass. But I think he really did raise the bar as far as sculpting and stuff. A lot of the toy, Even Transformers. I don't think he influenced Takara and stuff like that. But I think Hasbro was like, hey, you know what? We can make these actually look like the cartoon a little bit, you know? <laughs> I was um, going to say, like, Transmetal 2s, like, seemed really yeah. McFarlane-inspired. Yeah, you had a lot of err faces and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And just weird ass, random ass detail sculpted everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think he definitely had an impact on the uh, industry, which is, it will give or take, is good or bad. I don't know if you like Transmetal Two listeners. Uh, I, I myself did, but uh, yeah, some people hate Beast Wars. We will, you know, let them hate it. I like Beast Wars, but uh, but yeah, I, I think he had a very positive impact. I like. I think a lot of the uh, upgrade and sculpting is a lot of his input. Maybe even painting. He did have a lot of good painted details. However, I will, I will, you know, call you know a spade a spade like I did earlier. The articulation is iffy in some early figures, and especially what Mike said earlier, the uh, quality control. Like Derek said, statues that you can maybe play with. You might get a figure and be like, oh yeah, I've got well, what a Cygor, like I said earlier, I've got a fucking poseable robot monkey. <laughs> then you twist his fist and it fucking pops off. And you're like, oh, well, fuck. I just wasted 20 bucks. Great. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's a give and take there. So, um, I, I will say, in general, he's a, he was a positive influence. But, uh, yeah, watch out for quality control. I think I think probably my biggest quality control issue was uh, I bought – he had these guys called, I think, Nitro Riders or Cyber Riders. And all that. They came with little motorbikes. And they were smaller scale figures, and they looked really fucking cool. Uh, I want to say Nitro Riders is what they were called, and I got like three of those guys because I loved how they looked. I'm a big tech guy, I like you know vehicles and robots anyway, and I was really into these. And like the f- second one I bought, the first one was great. I was like no problems, nothing else. <clears throat> like second one I bought, like the figure was okay, but like the whole front of the bike just kind of popped off. And I could glue it back on, but I'm like, that should not be an issue with a toy. <laughs> hey, you know, you know who the Jack of Hearts is of McFarland toys? Oh God, you're gonna show us, aren't you? 
<laughs> is is uh, well, I don't know if I have to show you. I'm gonna tell you and the listeners, but if you don't know who it is, I can always supply a picture. But uh, do you remember the do you remember the young blood character Dutch? They made a Dutch figure. Yeah, they made a Dutch figure. I know who he is, but what the fuck? Yeah, dude. Like that. Well, that is clearly the. Um... You have to show a picture of us in here so we can all so the listeners can hear us like gasp at, at, at how horrible Dutch is. Okay. Yeah. I am now uh, sending the Dutch link. Oh my god. Let's see. Dutch. Dutch, really? Yeah, I know. No, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the most like character you never wanted. Dude, do you think a four year old actually owned Dutch at one point? Yeah. Like, this is the greatest guy <laughs> with big shoulder pads and huge guns that don't make any sense ever. And like what, what the fuck does that do? That like stupid apparatus on his head, like <laughs> the like, you? The, yeah, the, the you headpiece. <laughs> It's like what? what? It's like Rob Liefeld was watching too much Appleseed that week and decided he needed ears. There we go. The fuck is that? Yeah. Got a horseshoe on his chin. And some random shit like hanging off his back. Dutch. <laughs> I love the pose of the fucking box like he's about ready to take a crap. <laughs> I'm Dutch. I'm ready to crap all over evil. God. <sighs> oh, well, missiles fire forearm launchers, so there you go, kids. Have fun. Dude, age is four and up. Enjoy. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> uh, there's only one good thing I can say about that figure. He's got pirate boots. I'll give him that. Armity. I'm always a big fan of pirate boots, so. But, yeah, other than that, yeah, the purple and black crusader with a horseshoe on his chin can go fucking kill himself. God. Yeesh. Let's talk good about you, McFarlane. What the hell's wrong with you? (laughs) And Dutch went on to such acclaim and fame as... Crickets. Yeah, and that... (laughs) I want to go buy like 12 lizard ATVs just for that shit. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, when McFarlane toys are bad, they are bad. I'll, I'll say that. Oh, man. Oh, I, did, I did say he was the jack of parts of McFarlane toys. So. You did. You did. You did say <laughs> I he was the I didn't, I didn't sugarcoat it before I, before I let the SmackDown loose. So. Yeah. So, uh, listeners. If you thought McFarlane toys might be something you're interested in, don't look at Dutch. Look at the other guys. We're talking about. It's just... <laughs> well, like like we were saying, there's plenty of cool stuff like that. That uh, I just looked up that Akira thing because we were talking about it. There, there was a box set with the bike and Kaneda. There was a Kaneda standalone, and then you could even buy the bike as like a separate action figure or whatever, you know. And they had they had Akira and Tetsuo and all those guys. I mean, there's there's lots of cool stuff, you know, that that was. Uh, that was out, and I really dug that Dawn and uh, Marv figure that I got when I bought them at the time, and and even the the movie Maniacs, you know, super detailed and everything. So there's there's plenty of cool stuff. Yeah, 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 totally. I actually might be able to beat you though, because I remember this figure, and he he really did. Oh, it's too small. I need a bigger image. 
small. Oh, beat me as in like as in an awful figure, or beat me as in there's like cooler figures than what I just was talking about. Oh, I could beat you in awful. Yeah, there's oh. a lot more cooler figures. Uh, yeah, and you know it's really sad. I remember them saying this is actually a uh, four horseman sculpt. As far as sculpted detail, he's really good. As far as concept, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. If you guys want to look this up, if you're listening, look up McFarlane Nobody. <laughs> Dude, it's uh, it's Alpha from Power Rangers. Clearly, that's that's what I would use him as. Just like uh, just like uh, Metalhead was, was Mike Cyclops, I would have used him as Alpha. Alpha oh, Five. He's like, I oh, got a camera. Well, if he, if he has a camera, then he has to be the the robot from Saturn Three. Then I'd need McFarlane to make me a Harvey Keitel and uh, Farrah Fawcett <laughs> and Kirk Douglas action figures too. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, for every good every good line, there's a couple of duds. So, on the bright side, there was never any street luge spawn. So there, there, there's that positive. So, uh, always a positive in the negatives. But, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah. Seriously, in all in all honesty, uh, listeners, yeah, check out my Farley toys. There might be something you might like. Uh, check out some of the older figures. Uh, those are the, some of the ones I really enjoy, especially like Mike said, the uh, manga spawn, and uh. Justin pointed out earlier, like some of the mythological ones, like the dragons. Movie Maniacs is also a solid line, if, especially if you're a old school horror fan, like from the '80s and stuff. Good stuff. I mean, really good stuff. Don't don't let us uh, dissuade you from some of our negative comments. And dude, just check out some new toys. So now the whole world's gonna know that you don't scratch your fucking balls. <laughs> We're gonna move along to our final topic of the night. We always do this every week. Every time we uh, do a live uh, recording, we're going to talk about our favorite awesome thing, super cool, yay, of the week. <clears throat> and yes, I always introduce it differently every time. Basically, it's just what we talk about when we find something cool. You guys should know this by now. I mean, come on. We've been doing this for a while. So our awesome thing. I forgot the rotation now. I think we're on shit. I think Mike again almost. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Mike, what's your awesome thing this week? Um, on the recommendation of our uh, absent friend Brian, I picked up a Metal Gear Solid HD collection. Um, I think Brian used it as his awesome thing a few uh, uh, casts back, but uh, I'll echo his sentiments that it's uh, you know it's a cool, uh, it's a nice thing to get like three games in one you know forty buck package. <laughs> And, uh, um, like, I never actually played through Metal Gear Solid 3, so I started on that. And I'm eager to play the uh, PSP-exclusive one, uh, Peace Walker, as well. And then after those two, maybe I'll go back and play Metal Gear Solid uh, 2. But, you know, I'm I, I'm having fun with 3 so far. Uh, uh, and uh, I hope to have fun with the other two, so that's about it. Cool, cool. Um, we will go ahead and skip ahead to Justin. What's your awesome thing this week? Um, I have two awesome things this week. The first one is a book. It's called uh, Hughes, The Private Diaries, Memos, and Letters um, by Richard Hack. And it's basically a look at the life of Howard Hughes. Um, uh, Howard Hughes has always been somebody I've always been, you know, pretty interested in. Whether it was from, like, seeing stuff about him on Unsolved Mysteries as a kid. Or just little references to him, like there's an episode of DuckTales where they have a parody of 
his airplane, the Spruce Goose. They call it the Spruce Moose in DuckTales. And I'm like, who is this Howard Hughes guy? Because, like, he keeps popping <laughs> up and, like, stuff. And, you know, he's, like, in the Rocketeer, you know, and stuff like that. But when uh, Can I just tell – I just want to tell a stupid story about myself. But uh, you, know, you know how I always talk about that buddy of mine and the little sort of, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, catchphrases or whatever that we share and stuff. So uh, we, we both saw The Aviator together. And that is like, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite Scorsese movie, but I think it's a movie that had a big impact on me or whatever. Like I, I kind of took it to heart or whatever. Yeah, and, I really uh, like it too. You know, and um, the uh, by my favorite scene in that is is kind of like how you know you coin phrases like you know whether it's uh, you know Superman or manhole covered or you know uh, uh, you know just. Whatever it is, you know, like like remember Alf Pogs, you know those things that are kind of iconographic <laughs> for us. But uh, in that movie, you know, basically when he kind of goes, you know, batshit insane and is, uh, you know, doing all the the milk uh, bottles yeah. and stuff like that, you know, and basically, you know, he spends the next, you know, uh, fifteen minutes, you know, putting in the milk, putting in the milk, putting in the milk, putting in the milk, you know. And so, you know, whenever I I remember, you know, there there, you know, there are some times in my life where it wasn't like the greatest time in my life or. Whatever whatever but i i remember you know kind of telling him i'm all you know that time where we kind of you know got into a fight and we weren't speaking for a while and i went and did my own thing and this and that and some things weren't too hot i'm all you know that period was was kind of my putting in the milk period right there like that, <laughs> that was that was not too too great or whatever but uh you know it was just like one of those things that i always remembered about that movie that always stood out where i was like dude that's you know, that's what that means to me when, like, shit's not too, going too good. You know, it's like, you're like, oh, put it in the milk, put it in the milk, put it in the milk. <laughs> like, the, if if anyone, like, really enjoyed The Aviator, this is uh, something that would suggest they pick up because it, you know, it basically gives you his whole life. And it, it fills in some details that weren't covered in the movie. Like, during this whole time, the, when he just, when he's, like, making Hell's Angels, like, he's married to some girl. And he pretty much marries her, and then he immediately like moves to Hollywood, starts starts making movies, and it completely ignores his wife. And you know they they go into all this stuff about you know like him basically becoming a shut in and like you know, moving from hotel room to hotel room and all this stuff. And like it's a really good book. It's really interesting. Um, my other cool thing is I watched Underworld Awakening yesterday, and I thought that was a pretty good movie. Like I I really enjoyed the Underworld movies. And this one is, it's, I guess, like, the tone of it's different. It has, like, a different feel and, you know, kind of plot to it and, and all that. But I, I still thought it was a pretty enjoyable film. Like, you know, and what else can you say but Kate Beckinsale in 3D? <laughs> Kate, Kate Beckinsale is hot. However, Scott Speedman in those movies is like my uh, Gohan Rodimus Prime character. So I'm sad <laughs> that he, he gets abandoned. It's like, I thought you were the awesome dude. What happened? Yeah, he's like, he, he's not in it a whole lot, but it like, he's, I don't know, this one has kind of like a weird ending. So it's like, well, if there's another one, then he'll be central to the next one, hopefully. But yeah, he's not, they kind of Charlton hested him like beneath the planet of the apes so like oh is it the beginning and oh where is he at at the end we don't know oh cool cool um guess we'll move on along to mike what's your awesome thing this week the thing that i already said <laughs> oh, <there you> do. 
<laughs> his awesome Justin thing, was the last one to tell it. I got his awesome thing like, was the Metal Gear Solid stuff, right? Ah, yes. It. It, it, you know what confused me was when Derek went to go pee. Damn it! <laughs> totally screwed up my rotation. All right, well, Derek is the last. My, my bodily functions have have failed this podcast for the last time. <laughs> oh. Um. Yeah, uh, well, I, I just want to follow up from last week and say that, indeed, Redline is awesome. Um, Redline's an anime feature film um, that is, uh, I, I would describe it, if you're familiar with anime, I'd describe it as Speed Racer meets uh, Gurren Lagan. And if you're not familiar with anime at all, I'd say it's kind of like watching an animated version of Fast and the Furious, but like as a pod race with like lots of, uh, you know, bleep, 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 fucking George Lucas aliens <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> so uh, that that's kind of how I'd sell it. Um, if you're not into any of that stuff, maybe it's not your thing, but I thought it was pretty fast paced. Um, there is a lot of uh, fan service. So, uh, you know, for all you Starfire girls out there or guys that are going out with starfire girls or whatever and you think you might get in trouble you know or you know or maybe maybe like somebody like brian you know it's an awesome movie but he's got kids you know i i would advise you know there's there's some moments of fan service there so you might you know it's not not something that you should probably you know watch with your three-year-old son yet you know maybe uh in uh, eight more years or something or whatever i don't know whatever the the good age is for that but um but yeah, I, I think that's pretty awesome. So I just wanted to follow up on that from last week. Um, I got the Blu-ray. It looks great. Sounds great. Um, and then for this week, um, I, I, I played... Just one thing uh, real quick, Derek, before you go on the next oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Did, did you get it for $2? No, 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 no. That was... Uh, uh, Brian was bidding on it for $2. Um, oh, I, I got it off Amazon. I think it was uh, 19.99 or, you know, something around there, like the pre-order, you know, 17 $2, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, that's cool. Well, I, if you if you want it for that, that's great. Um, I know, but um, but um, uh, yeah. So I yeah, I just pre-ordered it kind of on a whim, like I said last week. But uh, it turned out to be great. So I'm I'm it was a good buy. I'm glad I did it. I enjoyed it. Um, I still haven't looked at any of the special features yet, but I think there's like you know like behind the scenes stuff and like trailers and stuff like that that I haven't really checked out yet. Um. And and I watched the English dub, and I didn't watch the Japanese version. So all the otaku's out there oh, listening can um, can uh, you know keel over and die and do an anime flop or whatever you know like. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I did. Um, and then uh, uh, for this week, um, I just wanted to mention um, if it's something you're into, uh, I I like uh, the comic book The Darkness. Um, I played the first video game all the way through. I think I mentioned it as like one of my favorite type video games or whatever i might have mentioned it on the podcast but i i did enjoy that video game uh the sequel's coming out um february 7th so i'm sure by the time this airs it'll have long been out by now um but uh, currently um it's a couple weeks before that so the demo uh is available on uh, the ps3 uh p you know playstation store and xbox live um so i played through the demo um, it's pretty cool. I enjoyed it. I, I kind of want to pick up the sequel. Um, it, it doesn't seem like, uh, you know, I, 
I'm enjoying what I play to the demo. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say it's more of the same, like it's a bad thing, but it's 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 kind of if you like the first game, it seems like this is you know fairly you know it, it doesn't diverge too much from that original format. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, I never got to play. I never got a chance to play the first one, so I, I guess I had to bone up on that. Um, I'm going to go really quick on mine because I've already been gushed about it all night tonight, and I'm sure the fan holes are really tired of me like being all super fanboy about it. Uh, I picked up tonight. This is actually, like I said, supplanting my original uh, awesome thing this week just because I had something already picked out, and this actually beat it. I picked up Deathstroke the Terminator DCUC figure tonight. Saw it on the pegs. It, as far as I know, has not been on sale for a while. I think they moved on past a couple wa uh, waves. The uh, wave it said was wave six. So, yeah. <laughs> kind of an old figure. But, yeah, in a nutshell, awesome. If you have a chance to pick up this figure, you will not be disappointed, especially if you're a Destroy the Terminator fan. If you love Slade Wilson, if you think he's a great character, if you like Teen Titans, whatever. Pick up this figure. You will not be disappointed. Excellent, excellent. I would have paid 25 bucks for it. I got it for 16 so I'm much, much a happy camper. I got it for retail. Totally pick it up. Uh, and that's all I got to say about that. I think we've done a good job on pimping everything out from uh, Derek and Justin coming out soon. Uh, unless you guys got anything else you want to pimp out. No. No. Um, did we get any emails this week? Should somebody check the emails? I did nope. check it. There's no new emails, though. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, we do like you guys to send us emails. Always love feedback. Uh, FanHillsPodcast at gmail.com. Throw us a line. Let us know what you're thinking. We also have a Facebook. We have a Twitter. We're always active. We always check that stuff. Make sure that we uh, keep in touch with the fans. A uh, good friend of ours, Deke Wissom, uh, has emailed us regularly. So we do read them. We do not in any way ignore our uh, fan base people who do listen to us, so send us some uh, requests, some suggestions. We are not scared to take on anything. However, like I said before, does that mean we will take it on? We may have already talked about it before, or it may just be kind of a tough subject to deal with for a whole topic. But, hey, we are more than willing to take suggestions. I will say this has been a really fun show. Oh, my God, Justin just put a new picture up. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's, uh, Justin's morphed into a samurai shinkanger, so <laughs> before our eyes. We, we do this show on Skype, and uh, Justin just changed his profile pic, and uh, apparently he's ready to go samurai. So until next time, we will see you again on the Fan Holes podcast. But until that time, I remain Tony Chainclaw. Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. Shinkanger is toast. <laughs> hey, it's Mike Thunderwing Crap Battle <laughs> And just call me Shazam It'll just confuse the kiddies <laughs> This is uh, Tony I don't know what the fuck is going on We'll see you next time on panel <laughs> I know the water The water
Peace. War. <laughs> Famine. <laughs> Apocalypse. In for those. <laughs> <laughs>